0: It's time, finally, the show for you. A -a once-a-week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment
1: events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. Hello everyone, this is the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show, Spencer Stoner. Rob <laughs> and I, your not-so-humble host, Jimmy Jones, are here to give you everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment, whether you consider Sunday the end of your week or the beginning of it, go into the Monday, the best informed person you know, as we provide you with the latest news, information, and releases from television, comic books, movies, novels, concert events, toys, and collectibles, and games. The Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show is also your place on the radio dial for you to talk about your favorite fandoms. This week we have some great guests for you this evening. We'll be talking with the owner of Coffee Time Comics, comic book creator and writer John Crathy. We'll be talking with John Crathy about Comic Time Comics, its past projects, current projects, and future projects. We'll also be talking about Coffee Time Comics' latest Kickstarter for issue number four of the Grindhouse Action Hardboiled Suspense Comic Book, Home Free. Um a lot of people seem to think that comic books are all about superheroes men in tights you know all that, that fun stuff but <laughs> well seriously but this is more like a uh, Mickey Spillane Mike Hammer s- pseudo dystopian kind of uh crime yeah, yeah as crime as drama.
2: as the years have gone by you know people have come to realize that you know that, that comics don't have to just be men in tights anymore well i think but, like since Ma- uh, and, in came Japan, out in that like yeah, and Japan, you know, they've embraced that for year, that for decades. The mm-hmm. concept that manga could be any manga comics there could be any genre. Well, I'm yeah. glad
1: horror comics are actually making a comeback. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh, oh no, I'm sorry. happy about yeah, that. Yeah,
2: speaking, anyway. yeah, I love Junji Ito, great horror manga. Yeah, cars. okay.
1: <laughs> I'm talking about like, uh, you know, EC old oh, yeah. old school. Yeah, like old tales from the crypt, and yeah. Yeah, bolt, bolt of Horror, all of that. Remember those? Yeah, those are great stuff. Yeah, too. a lot of
2: people don't realize that the show Tales from the Crypt was based on those, those old EC comics.
1: Yeah, it was. The Crypt Keeper looked a lot different back then, though. Let me yes, tell he you did. He, didn't look, he wasn't all corpsed out, so I guess they... <laughs> I guess they just kept it in. The it was the same character. They just brought it back for their TV sure. Why not? Show. <laughs> oh, of course, you know, they just dug him up. You know, they I brought him back from the dead. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, we'll be talking to him about that, uh, Home Free, and how you can get the first four issues of Home Free and more uh, from the Kickstarter. Our uh, special guest this evening. will be talking with the COO of Action Fiction Games, Jerron Johnson, and composer Reed Reimer. to talk about. They'll be here to talk about. Action Fiction's latest tabletop role-playing game, the sci-fi horror game Cthulhu Dreamt. We'll be talking with Jaron Johnson and Reed Reimer about Action Fiction as a company, as well as Action Fiction's past, present, and future projects, which I actually have up on my screen right now, too. Uh, they they are your your destination for unique, entertaining tabletop role-playing games and original board games. And so they they got a couple of different uh, games going on that we'll be talking to them about. Uh, but they are, also have a Kickstarter for Cthulhu Dreamt, so we'll be talking about that. Um, and we'll be talking with uh, specifically with Jeron Johnson about the game mechanics of Cthulhu Dreamt. And we'll be talking with Reed Reimer about the com- composing the music that inspired the game and how you can still get in on the ground level of the Cthulhu Dreamt Kickstarter and all of its unlocked tiers because they did reach their goal and actually crushed their stomped it like a narc at a biker rally. actually. That's wow. What, I mean, they, they, seriously. Just, what an analogy. Yeah, it, it, interesting choice of mental picture there. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> and all of this and your comments and thoughts on the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment, your favorite fandoms, and everything discussed on the show. To add your voice, just call 775-515-4141 anytime during the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. If you're too shy for the phones, you can always send me a DM through the Pop Culture Kaboom Facebook page and or... Um, you can send us an email 24-7 at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. I've been having some issues, so I haven't been able to uh, get any emails in this week either. So, okay, It'll, we'll forgive you. Thanks. <laughs> <I'll> appreciate that. <laughs> so, upcoming events uh, there are 369 days until Carson City, Nevada's first ever pop culture convention, the Kaboom Con, announced right here last week by 97 to Now Productions, and it will be. They're the ones who will be putting it on Saturday, September 7th, 2024, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And there are a lot of moving parts, but at this point in time, I can tell you, it's it'll be fun. And there will be lots of th- lots to see, lots of things to do, and uh, some of the proceeds will be going to benefit Cold Nose Rescue and Sanctuary in Mound House. Uh, later in the show, we'll be talking with Mark Helton of 97 and Now Productions to get an update on KaboomCon, because uh, last week... Uh, I think it was Monday, actually, right after the show on uh, Monday, the last week's show. Mm-hmm. Um, vendor applications opened up, and so we'll get an update from Mark on everything—how uh, so many vendors there currently are, and any other available activities. And stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, so so we'll get an update on that, and probably be a new weekly segment on the show up and leading up to the uh, Kaboom Con, um, but uh, at the Carson uh, Carson City Community, Community Center. Center. And uh we'll be there. Yep. Spencer, uh actually you're one of the uh vendors that signed up for a booth to yep. for your novels and your graphic novel Yeah, and I'm particular. hoping uh,
2: I'm hoping by next year I'll have some uh, new stuff to to have out. Oh yeah, like
1: the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Kizaponua. Yeah. I keep forgetting about that.
2: <laughs> well yeah, well it is it isn't like an alpha stage. I mean, so it's got still it still has some time to mature.
1: Okay. Put it back in the crock pot, let it simmer for a while. You know? Exactly. Um, but then, then you got your novels. Any? Are you going to have a new novel out by then? A I new, hope so. A new addition uh, uh, to uh, the uh, Ophelia Legacy.
2: I, I hope so. Either that, or a, or a comic from the for the spinoff Divine Intervention.
1: Okay. Uh, so, and um, Rob, you're going to probably be there, right? I'll Rob? be there. You're going to represent. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> Um, and I'll be there, of course, because I am the uh, ambassador of the, that sounds so official, of Comic <laughs> of kon so I get to do all of the, uh, how does Mark phrase it? I get to uh, shake hands and kiss babies, which ah. neither of which I like doing in the first place. Well, you could
2: always kiss, you can
1: always kiss hands and shake babies. That actually would be quite amusing. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually, I don't I Anyway, I like to be like that Bugs Bunny with Finster, remember that? Oh Finster, baby. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> the mobster of babyface. This is a
3: guard-smoking baby. Yeah. Sister's like, what did I
1: tell you about that? And he's shaking them on like, the gun and the knife and the bullet <laughs> yeah. and all this stuff falling out of them. Anyway. All right. So the Phoenix Question of the Week uh, in the sci-fi world of c- cyberpunks, cybernetic and artificial life has become a staple. Uh, Both, But it is the creative mind of the writer to weave a captivating story. The Phoenix Question of the Week asks, Which of the following authors has created the most influential story? Uh, First up is William Gibson. Gibson's early writings are generally near-future stories about the influences of cybernetics and cyberspace, computer-simulated reality, technology on the human species, his themes of high tech shanty towns, recorded or broadcast simulation stimulus, uh, later to be developed into the sim stim package featured so heavily in Neuromancer, one of his novels, mm-hmm. and dystopic intermingling of technology and humanity are already evident in his first published short story Fragments of a holographic rose in the summer of nineteen seventy seven issue of Unearth. Okay. Uh, Bruce Sterling. Sterling is a science fiction author known for his novels and short fiction about editorship of the Mirror Shades anthology. In particular, he is linked to the cyberpunk subgenre. Pat Cadigan. I had to really narrow hers down, I think. It was Pat. Yeah, it was Pat, I think. No, it was the other one, Anna Lee. She was the one I had to heavily redact. Uh, anyway, Cadigan uh, is a science fiction author whose work... Is most often identified with the cyberpunk movement. Her novels and short stories often explore the relationship between the human mind and technology. Her di- debut novel, Mind Players, Palayers, not Fla-layers like D D, was nominated for the Philip K. Dick Award in 1988. Neil Stephenson Stephenson is a writer known for his works of speculative fictions. His novels have been categorized as science fiction, historical fiction, cyberpunk, post Cyberpunk, okay. What is post cyberpunk? Uh, steampunk? No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: steampunk. Okay. Yeah, basically, we're getting you're getting into like Mad Max territory. Post steampunk. Really? But isn't
3: that post apocalyptic though? Oh well, like, yeah, because it's, <laughs> because it's all post apocalyptic.
2: It's it's cyberpunk. A well, yeah, but it's kind of devolving out of the cyber and going just more into the punk. Because because you know it's post cyberpunk because there's no power source or limited power sources in addition like how in Mad Max it was very limited gasoline in in the in the uh, post cyberpunk it's very limited power to be able to do to do uh, cyber stuff so it becomes a little bit more Mad Maxy
1: out there. Uh, very confusing, and I can't pronounce this word bar barbecue. What is that? B a r o q u e baroque baroque whatever that is it's Uh,
2: a type of art uh uh, art uh, like um uh uh, architecture oh okay okay what
3: post cyberpunk is intended to present a less pessimistic more idealistic vision Oh, okay Where cyberpunk is anti-corporate and anti-government post cyberpunk is willing to give both parties redeeming features
2: Oh, okay. So I was totally wrong. I was totally misremembering it then. (laughs) So it's propaganda pipe cyberpunk. All right. So I apologize to our listeners for misinforming them. It's the
3: apathetically bleak setting of cyberpunk.
1: Oh, okay. All righty then. Annalie Newitz's first novel, Autonomous, was published in 2017. Autonomous won the Lambda Award and was nominated for the Nebula award and Lucas award in 2018 for best novel. Uh, okay, she had a lot of stuff to do. She actually uh, was editor in chief and stuff like that for Wired magazine and a bunch of other tech magazines and oh, wow. Did all yeah, that's why I said hers was I had to like really go to like three or four paragraphs to find anything about her actual writing career. <laughs> um, so <laughs> to find this um, so but before all of that, you know, she was doing and all who's kinds of And who is this one? Uh, Anna Lee New- Newitz. Okay. Um, she was tapped to do uh, something that was really popular, too, that I remember, because I was into all the technology stuff at one point in time, too. So, <clears throat> But, yeah, so those are your choices. Um, so let's start with you, Spencer. William Gibson, <sighs> Bruce Sterling, Pat Cadigan, Neil Stephenson, Anna Lee Newwitz. Well,
2: if I had to pick from that list, I would pick William Gibson, because Neuromancer is basically considered, like, the first cyberpunk novel and and kind of the progenitor of the whole genre okay but for, for me personally actually i found uh, manga to be a lot more influential to me when it comes to my exposure to uh cyberpunk like um battle angel alita it was uh yukito kishiro who wrote who wrote and drew that uh and then also but f- for me predominantly it's masamune shiro who did ghost in the shell not that god awful one with, uh, <laughs> with uh, not, uh, not the live action movie. Yeah, okay. yeah, with the, with the Scarlett Johansson. No, 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 no. The, the original manga and, and even the uh, anime. That 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 anime back in the nineties. The very first Ghost in the Shell movie is what hooked me on anime, to begin with. Period and no qualifier.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. Something else. Okay, sorry, got distracted <laughs> by reading Eric's stuff. Oh, okay. But he's listening. He, oh, okay. He's like Fraser Crane now. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, is that a threat? <laughs> is that a threat? I know, right? All right. Um, so, out of that list uh,
3: for you, uh, Rob. Um, yeah, I'm not familiar with any of those people, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so, I after looking at who they were, the only two that I'm familiar with would be. The uh, Pat Cadigan, who did novelizations of Alita Battle Angel and a bunch of the other Alita um, manga. It's, she also has other, you know, books, of course. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, Annalise Needs.
1: N-E-W-I-T-Z. Yeah,
3: okay. <laughs> but she seems to me like she would be more influential since she actually worked for Wired Magazine and the technology base background and that, I haven't read any of her stuff, but with that type of background, it sounds like she would have kind of you know influential stuff in her novels.
1: True. Okay. Um, I can't say I'd pick anybody off this list cause, but they did mention who I would pick in one of them's description, and that is Philip K. Dick, <laughs> right? Oh, Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> that K. would be my choice because you know what he did. Uh, Do androids dream of electric uh-huh. sheep? The, yeah. AKA Blade Runner, right? The, you know the Ridley Scott movie. So that was kind of a. Uh, and Johnny Mnemonic, who wrote that one? Mm-hmm. Was that Philip J. I believe that was mm-hmm.
2: Philip K. Dick as well. Yep.
1: Well, see, so technically, isn't he the father then of cyberpunk?
2: Well, um,
1: Gibson came
2: first, but I think Philip K. Dick, you can say, refined the genre to make it more recognizable to what it is now.
1: All right, I'm gonna have to look that up. I'm gonna test that and see that one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah,
2: but the other ones, it's like with post, it's like with post cyberpunk. Yeah, you know, I completely misremembered what the genre itself was. So how influential is it if you can't remember what it is?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, or by that point, it's just all confusing. It's like cyberpunk. It's like trying to differentiate musical subgenres of metal at you know, like, that point. like punk, cyberpunk. Calpunk. Cowpunk. Cowpunk. <laughs> <laughs> anything with the word punk in it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, anything with the word cyberpunk yeah. in it. <laughs> Uh, So that is – anybody have an opinion on that, feel free to give us a call seven seven five five one five four one four one. 775-515-4141. But that is the Phoenix Question of the (laughs) Week. Uh, Let's get to the big story. Uh, The WGA strike is now officially in its 125th day. And the SAG after strike is in its fifty-second day. Oof. SAG after the guild that hundreds of thousands of actors to belong to, including major movie and television stars, is preparing for a potential video game industry strike. Oh, geez! Oh, yeah. You guys didn't know that. So the voice actors in the video games or the. Okay, or, or maybe the writers themselves, too. I don't know. Earlier this year, the Writers Guild of America went on strike after being unable to negotiate terms for better pay and conditions with studios. The writers have been on strike since the start of May, and as of right now, it looks totally unclear as to when the strike may be resolved. In July, SEC-AFTRA authorized the strike against major Hollywood studios, putting a stop to massive film and television productions such as Deadpool 3. However, some... Exceptions had been granted for studios that aren't being struck. With that said, it looks like the video game industry could be next. sag After's board has voted unanimously to send out strike authorizations for its members for the video game industry. This means members would vote on whether they would want to strike or not should negotiations with the video game industry fall through. Notably, companies that would be struck include Insomniac Games, Warner Brothers, Disney, Activision, EA, Epic, Spor- Epic Games, and Take-Two Interactive, a.k.a. Rockstar Games' parent company. sag after seeking better wages, protections against AI, it's video games, <laughs> and better working conditions such as vocal stress protections for those in the gaming industry. Negotiations with the aforementioned companies will start on September 26th. So the chance of a gaming industry strike will start to become more of a possibility by the end of the month. Wow. Hmm.
2: Wow. I'm glad, I'm glad uh, Samus is generally a silent protagonist now.
1: Yeah. Well, the companies that SAG-AFTRA have mentioned are some of the largest video game mm-hmm. developers and publishers out there, meaning a number of huge games would be impacted in some way. These games include Grand Theft Auto 6. <laughs> 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 okay, Motives Iron Man game from EA, Call of Duty from Activision, Wonder Woman from Warner Brothers, Marvel's Wolverine from Insomniac Games. Actually, that game's been, had problems for like what two years now. Yeah. So well, anyway. same with
3: Grandoff. <laughs> Grindel- I remember seeing a trailer six. for it. That. I was like
1: laughing. <laughs> yeah, because of that thing last week with the guy yeah, exactly. running on stage. <laughs> well, uh, you know who he's going to be protesting next? He's going to walk out there on a the strike line. <laughs> Anyway, uh-huh. and many others. Spider-Man Soups, uh, Marvel Spider-Man Two, likely wouldn't be affected by a strike, despite Insomniac Games being mentioned, as it oh. will be less than a month away from releasing. When a strike could feasibly take place in October 2016, a strike against 11 video game publishers/slash developers, including some of the ones uh, that I've already mentioned, were was initiated. It lasted 340 days. And was the longest strike in the history of SAGATRA. Mm-hmm. the union asked for residuals for video game projects, but the studios said no. <laughs> but of course they did. Well, actually, I phrased it as they pushed back against their, this request, right. as they deemed it as trivializing the work of the developers themselves. Although they eventually came to a conclusion, they were not able to secure residuals, but instead got the studios to agree to a sliding pay scale and a variety of other changes of, to how projects are disclosed. Two actors auditioning for a role. The strike didn't appear to cause any delays in productions. Really? They struck for 340 days and it didn't cause any delays? <laughs> Maybe because video okay. games do take a mm-hmm.
2: while to like get
1: produced. Uh, yeah, they do.
2: Yeah, some of the AAA titles can take up n- up to nearly a decade. Oh, wow. Then why announce these things? I mean... That's what's annoying is they
3: always announce video games like 16 months before it, like, it is like... <laughs> and
1: then when it comes out, you're like, yeah. wow,
3: when were they starting I forgot this that? game was coming out.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. This is, uh, but Life is Strange before the storm did replace actress Ashley Brunch in the role of Chloe... Uh, for its first episode. Okay. Wait, what was that one? I don't know. Um, the life is the strange, life is strange, before strange before sequel. This, oh, okay. okay. Anyway, with that music coming up, that means it is time for that first hard break. So don't go anywhere. There's a ton more we're going to be talking about on the show today. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. I don't know if anybody heard my drum solo <laughs> just <saying> then <they're> or not. <laughs> I was afraid. I like was getting old... into it. but <laughs> Especially in, uh, we're on the air. All right. It would be just Todd McFarlane spawn in this Kill Adelphia Image Comics crossover. It, ju- it won't just be. Killadelphia number 30 saw a surprise appearance by Todd McFarlane's spawn back in April. But no number 31 until the recent Image Comics November solicitations. Back in April, uh, and 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 a cover featuring Spawn, but it seems that it won't be just Spawn joining in with an Image Comics crossover. Huh. Eric Larson's Savage Dragon will also be taking part part be part of the story. <sighs> My English skills today are not that good. <laughs> oh, and the MGM Exploitation character Blackula will also be. <laughs> <making fun. laughs> Which uh, Barnes and Alexander recently adapted in as a graphic novel, the Philadelphia series follows a small town beat cop who returns home to bury his murdered father, revered Philadelphia detective james Spankster sangster senior uh, what he didn't anticipate is digging up <laughs> no pun intended a mystery that will lead him down a path of horrors and shake his beliefs of to their core. The city that was once the symbol of liberty and freedom has fallen prey to corrupt poverty, corruption, prob, pop, uh, poverty, unemployment, brutality, and vampires. Of course. You can.
2: <laughs> like how vampires. Can that block you low without vampires?
1: That's true. Now it's up to Jimmer and an unexpected companion. Unexpected companion? just <laughs> <laughs> what uh, to stop to stop long thought dead president of the United States John Adams from building an undead army? Oh, oh, and a, oh, long a thought through. dead. <laughs>
3: so is he a zombie or is he actually alive? And we just like somehow oh, kept thought. him alive? I'm confused. Right he's a now. vampire. Oh,
1: he's a vampire. So he's uh, undead. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. The uh, long thought dead president of right. the United States John Adams, was building an undead army. And staging a bloody new American revolution. So, okay,
2: huh. That's, that sounds a lot more ambitious than the than the John Adams I studied in school. It it's all
3: like you know, what was it uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire
1: Killer? Vampire, vampire Slayer. Slayer. Yeah. yeah, that was actually a weird movie. It was kind of
3: funny. I liked it. <laughs> it was so over the top, yeah. Right? That I was just like,
1: are you kidding me? I liked it. <laughs> so how did he get his superhuman strength? Just by cutting logs? I mean, come on. It's like One Punch Man. Right? You know? How, 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups. Suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Okay. Philadelphia <laughs> number 31 will be published on the 15th of November. I love so that just name, Philadelphia. Uh, I, I think that's what they're going to actually change the name of it if they keep up with what they're doing in Philadelphia right now. But anyway... <laughs> Valiant Entertainment appeared to give up the ghost of its of ghost in their in their publishing plans earlier in the year and recently Bloody Co- Bleeding Cool pointed out that all of their solicited books XO of War Unconquered and Ninjack Superkillers had been canceled. Hmm. Now new Valiant, Valiant publisher Alien Books has stated that both these titles will return in December, that they will be present at October's New York Comic Con, and that in February they will publish a very valiant tines day special Walk walk that, okay. yeah that's
2: a that's a that's a mouthful of a pun right there yeah that it is terrible
1: i'm surprised i got it out actually <laughs> how i'm reading shit today stuff today i know that was close got close on that one a heartwarming anthology featuring dr mirage faith archer but no isn't it uh, archer armstrong and archer uh, yeah, but it might just be Archer. Yeah. Armstrong may not be in that in that comic. He ain't in this one. Bloodshot, Ninjak, and more. Unless he's part of the and more part. And come March, gear up for the new Britannia saga, an electrifying live wire escapade, and the universe expanding premiere of the Valiants, destined to redefine heroism across dimensions. Hmm. Redefine heroism across dimensions. Multiverse. But that's just goofy. Indeed. And that we're hoping, to, and this is a quote, and that we're hoping we're keeping some surprises cloaked in secrecy. But rest assured, are you all right over there?
3: Yeah, sorry, you said escapade. It <laughs> came into my head. Janet Jackson, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Here, are over there grooving, I'm like, I don't hear nothing. My hearing going ages, too? Like,
2: oh my god! <laughs> oh, yeah, you were rocking out to the bumper music. I mean, he, he, he there can was rock music. Up. Yeah, he can rock out to the squirrels I in his head, head, but it wasn't in my head. Okay. <laughs> Just, hey, you're the one that planted the squirrel nut in there. I guess
1: I did. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite Valiant icons are primed to rise Rise within those first six months of Valiant 2024. Weaving tales that, that'll resonate far beyond the final page. Hold tight for Alien Books and Valiant are charting a course f- toward unparalleled storytelling magic. Brace for a universe of wonder.
3: I like how they said they were hoping to still keep their secrets. (laughs) I know.
1: (laughs) Well, you never know with leaks these days. You know, everybody leaks everything somehow for some reason. Alright, so, from the comic books being released September 6th, at least here, I highlight the number one issues and or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value interest to collectors and investors. Don't base your buying decisions solely on my opinion. It is, after all, only my opinion. To keep the list to a minimum, I do not include edit, trade, paperbacks, graphic novel collections, hardcover, vo- softcover volumes, or reprints. If you are an independent comic book company or creator and you have something coming out, please let me know by sending me an email at popculturecaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming comics in the subject line and include in the body of the email the publisher's name, the title of the book or books, when the book or books will be coming out, and the issue number so I can add your book or books in the future. Um, just FYI, if you have a Kickstarter, um, that does not necessarily mean that they will be coming out <laughs> for public <laughs> consumption. So, But if you do have a Kickstarter, please send me an email, or if you have a Kickstarter coming out, email me that way, and I'll have you on as a guest on the show as opposed to um, rattling off a book that uh, only those who put in for it can get. First up, from Ardvark Venom, Venom. Cerebus in Hell presents Ardvarkian Splendor, number one, one shot. (laughs) That
3: was goofy. And Ardvark, is is it like an Ardvark character? Mm -hmm.
2: Well, yeah, Yeah. Cerberus is an Ardvark. He he started as a uh, a, a parody of Conan the Barbarian, actually, and just kind of evolved from there over the years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy, I'm not going to respond
1: to that one, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get kicked off the air for that one. <laughs> Advent Comics. Uh, uh, U- Euleria's Jewels and the Power of the Gems, number one of two. Hmm. Very, uh, U-L-R-I-U-S. That sounds like you got it pretty close. Close enough. Ahoy Comics has Project cryptid number one of six with two cover variants yeah cover variants (laughs) american mythology productions has phaser universe number one with four cover variants starring sonia Devro, renegade road raider riders three number one (laughs) with two cover variants okay three one two Asylum Press has Vampire Macabre, Nesferatu, number one, one one-shot with two cover variants. Boom Studios has Firefly, the Fall Guys, number one of six.
2: I was going to say, this is Boom Studios, so it's got to be a lot of different variations. Wallabusing,
1: six cover variants. Okay, that's pretty tame for Boom Yeah, you're thinking Dynamite Entertainment, Mm -hmm. actually.
2: Well, Boom has their moments, but yeah, Dynamite is the worst.
1: Hunt for the Skinwalker, number one of four, with a Wallabusing five cover variants. Dark Horse Comics has Masters of the Universe, Forge of Destiny, number one, with three cover variants. And Tear Us Apart, number one. No variants on that one, I guess. Hmm. DC Comics has Birds of Prey number one with a wallet-buzzing eight cover variants. Blue Beetle number one with a wallet-buzzing seven cover variants makes sense with the movie. No. no, it's coming out way too late. They should have done this before the movie came out. Oh,
2: I yeah, am, but better late than never, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Big question mark.
1: And why are they redoing booting the entire comic book? I mean, the character's have been around since like the what '60s. Yeah, they're probably going to make it look more like the movie. True. Okay. Fire and ice. Welcome to Smallville, number one of six with I wallet buzzing six cover variants. Dynamite Entertainment. Here we go <laughs> with uh, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, Volume oh, wow. Two, Number One. Go ahead and take your guess, Spencer. Uh, Twenty-six. Okay. Uh, Rob? Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Volume 2, number 1. Volume 2, number 1. 32. Wow. You guys just don't trust Dynamite anymore, do you? <laughs> no, we Especially don't. You had 26, you had 32. Is was actually a bank-busting 17. Wow. Kind of variance. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah still, like still low st- on their end.
2: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I yeah, mean, I was Still obnoxious, but low on their end, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Robin. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was
3: just one of those things. That's what I was thinking. Sheen, I'm like, it hasn't been around for a while, so maybe like they're going to have a gangbuster with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, IDW Publishing has Godzilla Best of Mega Godzilla number one, one-shot, Image Comics has Kill Your Darlings, number one, with a four with four cover variants, the uh, Broadway musical coming soon. Uh, Mad Cave Studios has Crusader, number one of four, with two cover variants. Marvel Comics has Ghost Rider Wolverine Weapons of Vengeance Omega, number one, the longest title of the week, I think, right. uh, with two cover variants. Silver Surfer Rebirth Legacy, number one, with a Wallet Busting Six cover variants. Squider, Spider Gwen Annual, number one, with four cover variants. Massive has Bad Omens, Concrete Jungle number one of four with a Wallet Busting eight cover variants, Reflection number one one one-shot with a Wallet Busting five cover variants, Scout Comics has It Eats What Feeds It number one as a Scout Legacy Edition, Xenoscope Entertainment has Van Helsing Horror Beneath number one one one-shot with four cover variants. Yeah. So... All right, so that was uh, all of that. So, after a wild successful run in Philadelphia, Cooper Jordan Entertainment will bring Saw the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> Saw the Musical. <laughs> the unauthorized parody of Saw off Broadway oh, okay. this fall. It will begin performances on September 16th in advance of its opening on Sunday, October 1st. The limited run is slated to run through January 1st, 2024. (laughs) You're still just cracking up about that, huh? I'm in a trap. I'm in a trap!
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: sorry. I wonder if Jigsaw's going to have any songs. I would like to play a game. (laughs) I would like to play a game. Tell me how you're
2: saying. Find the key. Did you find There's the a key? tumor in my brain. <laughs> oh, shit. I hope I don't have to dig out my
1: own eyeball. <laughs> wow. Oh boy, this is going to start start a revolution.
4: Of... Sorry. All right,
1: that's actually humorous though. Uh I will run through January first at the A M T Theta in Midtown's theater district. Saw the musical, hilariously captures the events of the first movie. How? I, I just want to know that parodying the saw that started it all—the saw that started it all—it's all. got
3: to be the, like okay, so because like, like in that one, the big thing was that he was there the whole time in the room, you know. But you thought he was yeah, dead, playing. So game. yeah, so I'm I'm guessing like there's got to be like he's got to yeah. be like looking around at them, you know, like you can't see me, you know, like <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You see, and here's the narrative in between. it Like, it'll be like the whole room's lit, and then a like the dark and spotlight right on him, and he'll like sit up and put his you know his chin on his elbow, on his hands on while he's on his elbows, and just start singing a song. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, following the, from there, Lawrence Gordon and Adam Steinheit found each other found each other for the first time in the bathroom trap while they follow the rules as they will oh, will they follow the rules as they discover each other's secrets will they escape the game in time and saw right th- and saw right through a love story with fluidity and lots more fluids saw the well, musical, love story that's what it says a love story with fluidity uh, saw the musical as Little Shop of Horrors meets Avenue Q, pushing the boundary on sexuality and how to love. It, well, what? I don't remember much of the way yeah, of sexuality okay. in the first so maybe saw. That's,
3: maybe that's part of the parody, then I guess. I don't know. And then Avenue Q is like known for like their like puppets. Like, is there gonna be puppets? Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> only the leg apparently when you are sawing it off. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Parental advisory control. explicit content. Okay. You I have, have to wiggle my you toes. Think,
3: you think there'd be explicit like content in something called Saw the Musical? But, but, <laughs> oh, there wouldn't be. But that there way my be. leg
1: goes. No, that's <laughs> totally kid friendly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
3: Let's let's get him to watch the musical, then they'll watch the movies.
1: All I can picture now is like is this is going to be like you know if they did like Evil Dead of the musical or something. Yeah. You know, well, like,
3: there is an uh, Evil Dead like fire hydrant stage show yeah, that they yeah. do, and like they seriously like it's it's like going to a Gallagher. Yes, uh, yeah. it is. My brother went, and like yeah, it's ridiculous.
2: Uh, <laughs> you mentioned puppets with, with like the foot. Now, now all I can think of is Carrie always going, you're holding a holding a foot they're... going. Going tonight, <laughs>
3: That I was like, I had so many weird visuals with the puppet foot. So.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, you can get tickets now if you plan on being in the New York area. Oh my gosh! I wish I was. It's <laughs> on. Let me just go check it out and see if they got clips. Oh, they've got to. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> oh, <laughs> please, uh, please, somebody mur- please somebody
3: break the golden rule and film it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the
1: cell phones nowadays is no problem. You just That's hold what their, I mean. Like,
3: well, sometimes they'll like they'll kick you out. They'll take you you know what I mean. They'll they do.
1: Yeah, they see you. But if you hold it like to your chest like this,
3: oh, trust me, man. Those actors on stage, they can see a lot going on.
1: See, I, whenever I've been on stage, I can't see anything. I, I got the, the, the lights lights in my yeah. eyes. Yeah, I just I can't. Maybe see
3: because nothing. like the stage, it's different with. Than a concert i guess i don't know oh, yeah, I well i'm a
1: stage I'm, show pres- I used to i'm,
2: I'm stage guessing show. it depends on the lighting of the mm-hmm. of the play or whatever I mean, cuz you're always hearing about them calling out people like
3: what are you doing i can hear you talking and like you know well, i can yeah, see but, you, like, you know
2: like yeah, <laughs> yeah and like, uh, like 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 the plays only of their... like little women and well, stuff um, yeah oh really Oh no, yeah, anything so. that's, that's what, like dialogue heavy and stuff that, that that the lighting isn't super dramatic, I think that the, the the actors can probably see into the into the
1: audience pretty well. Well, like mm-hmm. Patty
3: Lapune is like notorious, notorious for that for being yeah. able to spot like people in the audience like not paying attention.
1: Well, like, uh, just pay attention to what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, don't worry about <laughs> the audience for Pete's sake. Come on.
3: No, but I mean, seriously, though, I mean, I I completely understand, like, where they're coming from.
1: All right, sawthemusical.com. I'm going to go check it out (laughs) later tonight to see if there's clips, just because. Uh, With that music coming up, that means it is time for a hard break, so we'll be talking with Mark Helton from 97 to Now Productions when we get back, so don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show Next. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And Saturday, September 7th, 2024, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. will be the first ever pop culture convention in Carson City, Nevada. KaboomCon is coming and here to talk. Tell us uh, thus far, I mean, it was just announced last week, uh, but Mark Helton from 97.9 Productions is here to give us an update on KaboomCon. And how are you, sir?
0: I am uh, in shock. I am overwhelmed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, I think somebody caught the last uh, last segment. We're getting another
1: caller. <laughs> We're getting another caller. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, punch him in uh, up top, top, right. top, top, top. There you go. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Uh, what is your name, and where are you calling from?
5: Good evening, gentlemen. This is Jim from Carson City.
1: Hey, Jim. Hey, Jim. Jim. Meet Mark from uh, 97.0 and Now Productions. <laughs> He's on the line I as want well. To...
5: I wanted to uh, chat with you guys about a movie if this is an okay time.
1: Uh, not really. Um, not a we're... good time?
5: Okay, that's okay. I can try and call another time.
1: Yeah, call back in like 10, 20 minutes.
5: 10, 20 minutes. Got it. Thank you. All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Sorry about that, Mark. The joys of life radio. No, no.
0: It's, oh. It is all good. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, so, uh, Sunday, Saturday, September 7th, 2024, is KaboomCon here in Carson City. They're the first ever in Carson City, Uh, and uh, time for an update. So it's been a week since the announcement, literally a week since the announcement. Um, What's going on with KaboomCon?
0: First of all, I have to say that I am very overwhelmed, to say the least, uh, by the response from, you know, a lot of people in Carson. Uh, As as you know, uh, we did get Carson Now to to throw a post out for us, uh, put us up on their page, the response. You know, well over 400 likes. And, wow. Um, you know, uh, tons of comments, almost 100 comments, people talking about it, excited about it, sharing it. Um, just huge, massive outpouring. Uh, we've gotten uh, some indirect coverage over on Colo 8 on their website already. So, you know, huge, cool. huge, un- unexpected. And I can tell you as of right now uh, that we have. 35 vendors that have signed
1: up. Wow. Not alters.
0: necessarily have paid nor confirmed, but <laughs> 35 that have signed
1: up. Wow. <laughs> nice. So you're, that's like over, well over 50%. Uh,
0: indeed. I've, I've been sitting here trying to figure out how I can finagle the space to accommodate as much as we can. And uh, it, is, it is getting tight. I cannot stress the fact that uh, we're
2: running out of space already. Wow! Mm. Uh, well, it kind of shows that this so place is hungry for uh, for a right. good convention.
1: Well, I got a question for you because it is uh, um, the minimum size is eight an eight foot table, um, mm-hmm. eight by five uh, table, not not the mm-hmm. table that's five feet right. long, you know, but the space the, the booth, itself, it's, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so if it's an eight foot table, so like Spencer, I know he uh, he's going to be there. Um, with his novels and comic books and possibly his game, because it's still in alpha testing. Hopefully it'll be moved past beta by then. Yeah, I hope so. Um, If, say, like, uh, since he's already got a table, uh, could he share it with, say, another local uh, vendor um, and they just split the table?
0: Absolutely. I am all on board with that. The only thing that would just be good to know is, if that's happening, let us know who else and what they're bringing, because we do want to make sure that, this is going to be a family friendly, uh, you know, con. We want we we don't want there to be any inappropriate materials, so to speak. And so <laughs> we would just ask, hey, if you're going to share the table, just let us know who they are and what they're bringing.
1: Okay,
2: all right. So so no playing clips from Saw the musical. Oh, you yeah, know, actually,
1: no. I want to see clips from Saw the musical. <laughs> Did you catch that last segment, sir? So, as a
0: musical theater <laughs> individual, somebody who has performed in well over 50, 50 performances. Who is a lighting designer as well? Um, yes, you can absolutely see the audience, and they can be distracting. Just putting that out.
1: Okay. See, I, I, I have a, my eyes are ultra light sensitive, so I could never see anything past mm-hmm. those lights. So. Well, there's a difference between being in a rock band with mm-hmm. rock lighting and
0: strobes and stuff flashing by your face, but if you're in a musical or a play and you're, you know, the, the lighting is pretty stagnant. It's not necessarily moving or strobing right. or it's a whole lot easier.
1: Well, I, I actually, I was in a couple of stage productions when I was in high school. So that's, that, that's my only acting experience, quite honestly. But, um, yeah, I, so, and that's where I kind of discovered that I was like, okay, I can't see nothing but the stage. I'm just yeah. going to look at the stage. That's all I can see. So, but. For so sure. that's,
0: so if, if you're okay with it, I'd love to call out the vendors that we have to date. Okay. That are, that are confirmed. confirmed. We've got, We've got Gen 7 Comics from Talmage, California. They're an indie comic book company.
2: Cool. We've
0: mm-hmm. got Kyber Cave from Vacaville, California, who do combat sabers. Ooh. Oh, I like saber, Everything, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Everything Resin from Fallon, Nevada, and I think the name says
1: it all. Right.
0: Stephen H. Provo, who I think, uh, is he on next week? Is that right? Uh,
1: he'll be our guest on the show next week. Yeah. So
0: there you go, uh, author. We've got – and this person made sure to put author in their name, so it's Author Spencer Stoner. <laughs>
3: uh, I Not hope to I be confused with the other Spencer Stoner out there. I oh, I, actually,
2: there, actually there is another Spencer Stoner. That's why I had to put Author Spencer Stoner on my website. So ah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he's a documentary photographer type of person. Ah. Interesting. Huh, okay. Yeah, so far, not be confused, far, yeah.
0: we only have the author, Spencer Stone. Yes, so. yes, not
3: the, not the documentary film. Photographer, character. yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got, and I, I'm going to butcher this, I'm sure, Tenebreeze anima, anima Comics, based out of Reno, Nevada, who do original artworks.
2: Okay. Nice.
0: Angela Levergita Books, who's from Reno er, as well, an author. Okay. Never heard of this one before. This was interesting. You guys probably have. Goblin Card Belcher from Sparks, Nevada.
1: <laughs> oh, trading
0: uh, cardboard games, tabletop games.
1: Yeah, they had a table at RageCon, actually. Mm. So, okay. Cool. We've got
0: Stephen Meyer Art from Sparks, Fantasy Artwork. Okay. Uh, I'm going to butcher this one. Michael K. Falciani, and I'm sure you can correct me, Jimmy. It's Falciani. Yeah, he's
1: been on the show before, yeah. too. He does the uh, the Raven and the Crow series. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. We've got Jam the Artist from the San Francisco Bay Area who does original and unique artwork.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Lawrence and Diego Iriarte, again from the San Francisco Bay Area, comic book writers, artists, and film producers
1: who did a uh, uh, Vengeance. L- Lumpia with a Lumpio yeah mm-hmm. yeah i got I, I got some great pieces
2: of art from them at
1: AerieCon. <laughs> so all right well already an awesome lineup of god uh, so um and uh further i know that there's going to be a couple of things announced uh, later on cuz we still got over a year until you know uh what is it a year and 4 days until uh, the the convention so i know there's going to be a cosplay contest as well as well.
0: I've got some information on that. Ooh, okay.
1: I will do tell.
0: So, we're going to have five categories. DC, Marvel, Indies, so pretty much anything else, Anime, and Group. Okay. So, each, each of these are going to have some great and awesome prizes that we'll announce later. We're not going to announce them right now. Right. Uh, the contestants, though, will need to register prior to the event. We'll... As we get closer, we'll get that registration set up for people to be able to do it. Uh, they will need to pay for an admission. Day of, they're going to need to arrive and check in prior to 1130 a.m. Because at 12 p.m., we're going to do a cosplay parade where we'll bring each of the contestants up on the stage, introduce them, let them show off and uh, show out, and then we'll announce the winners later in the day.
1: Okay. Wow. And there's also going to be raffles, if I'm correct. Correct.
0: That's right. There are going to be raffles. We're, we're seeking, uh, sponsorships, uh, for any local businesses or even national businesses. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we will be raffling lots of things away. We've already, uh, heard from some of the vendors that they'll be given donating pieces for that, uh, because ultimately this is Partially to raise funds for some 501 c as you already mentioned earlier, cold nose uh, rescue and sanctuary up in Mound House, mm-hmm. and as a matter of fact, I can now finally say another 501c3, the one you're sitting in right now, <laughs> K-NBC? 95.1 KNBC Carson Valley, or I'm sorry, Carson City Community Radio.
1: Ah, cool. okay. So, so some so funds will go be going to that, um, and there's also going to be an art contest, correct? And I have some information on that for you. (laughs) Okay, do share. Wow.
0: We're going to have three categories. Children, up to 12. Mm -hmm. Youth, 13 to 17. And adults, 18 and up. (laughs) Again, prizes will be announced later. Art pieces should be original and follow the theme of, and here's the important piece, everyone. Here's the theme for this art contest. First edition, humble beginnings. I'll let you guys interpret that as you will. But that is the theme, first edition, humble beginning. The submissions will need to be submitted prior to the event so that we can have them on display at the event. We would suggest that the submission be framed to protect the piece, and we would ask that they all be signed and dated by the artist.
1: Okay, so 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 you said it's open to interpretation, but what is first edition humble beginnings? I mean, so so I've got a
0: perfect example. Okay, thank you. Please, please, because we're all like looking at each each other, going like, "Ah, like, "What uh, is that?" uh, (laughs) No, obviously, nobody in this room is an artist. So, (laughs) so here's so ideally, this is the comic convention, right? So we want it to fall in line with comics to a degree. So it can be your interpretation on a first issue of. X comic right but in my head when i think about first edition humble beginnings, the first thing that flashes through my head is uh bruce wayne in crime alley with his parents boom ah,
1: my parents are dead martha okay um i got it gotcha okay. now it now it's so like a, now okay. i see what you're mm-hmm. saying so like uh that's, okay. that's a pretty good example
2: yeah, that's why that, that's why it's been done, you know, several you know Thousands. dozen times in cinema. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So, and uh, there's going to, of course going to be more and more announcements as we get closer. Um, do you mind coming on every week to fill us in on any uh, details uh, as each week progresses?
0: I heard you say that earlier, and I was like, weekly? We don't want to kill these people. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm thinking i was thinking like okay once let's a do a monthly but if you want to do a weekly we could talk about that but i think a once a month and then as we get closer maybe we can do it a little increase more. it yeah
1: okay uh well yeah we can do that too um well i mean there's so much that come came out in this first week that's why i was like well should it be weekly but if you want to do it monthly um I don't know, we can do that too
0: sounds good
3: i just yeah.
0: i am a, again i am overwhelmed by the response that we've gotten to date uh but I have to imagine we're going to hit a wall, and then there's going to be no news for a period of time. We right. we do have a year until the event.
1: True. Well, three hundred and sixty nine days. <laughs> but anyway, who's counting? You. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no pressure, just, just Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but while we got you on the phone uh, tonight, uh right after the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show is episode two of season two of Murphy's Inc. Um, you want to give us a little recap of a. Uh, or, or should we say the synopsis for the episode that's coming out tonight? Sure. So in uh,
0: tonight's episode, our uh, our team, based on episode one, so if you haven't listened, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> in episode one last week, our team was told, hey, we, we need to make some money, so we're going to split you guys up into two teams, and uh, we need you to go out, and you're Daphne, you're going to take this team, and you're going to go to Baghdad, Iraq, and Michael, you're going to take this team and you're going to go to Cyrene, um, to go look for some silphium. So, uh, Michael and his team will be heading to Cyrene, ancient Cyrene, uh, to, to go locate the now extinct plant, uh, in order to bring it back and cultivate it, uh, to, uh, and something very interesting about the silphium plant is, uh, just announced a few months ago, they believe they have, found wild silphium um in the middle east region and if it does indeed pan out to be the case uh it could be a massive thing for medical if everything that was reported on it is
1: true mm, okay interesting what are you guys looking up Oh, I was I was checking out Murphy's Inc. Okay, yeah, no, I think yeah. <laughs> Everybody's on their phone all of a sudden. I'm like, oh well, hey, yeah, uh. yeah. I was <laughs> che- I was checking
2: to see if uh, the the first episode had gotten onto Spotify yet.
1: Oh, is it onto Spotify? It sure has. Okay, yeah, that has hit Spotify. Mm-hmm. So if you yep. go if you want to go and check out uh, before tonight, um, actually you can't because you got to listen to this show. So, never mind. I was going to (laughs) say, go go and check out your favorite uh, um, podcast platform uh, for Murphy's Inc. Season 2, Episode 1. Also, while you're there, go ahead and uh, if you're listening online, go ahead and open up another tab and... Do a search for the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast as well while you're doing that, so that you can uh, check out the previous mm-hmm. episodes of the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show out there. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. listen, like, subscribe.
1: All right, sir. All well, um, thank you for giving us the update. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll send you an email. We'll talk about. I think once a month actually it was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good idea mm-hmm. um, to end uh, up. Uh, plus, we've got to have you on uh, the Sunday before uh, September seventh, twenty twenty four, to talk about everything going on with the Kaboom Con.
5: Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, because there's going to be and, a lot of fun And, you stuff. know, I, I, I plan to be there more than that, because 97 Now Productions has got quite a few things that are going to be going on over the next year, aside from Kaboom Khan. And I think Kaboom Khan is going to be the capstone on a fantastic year.
1: Cool. Okay, excellent. Or, or, yeah, for, yeah, okay. All right, perfect, sir. I appreciate you coming on and talking about that, and we'll talk to you again very soon.
0: Thank you so much for having me, and uh, I look forward to this. Guys, have a great uh, rest of the show. Thank,
1: thank you. Thank you. you. Yeah, take care. All right. So with that, um, where were we? Oh yes, uh, we we're talking uh, just finishing up comic books, and we we're talking about saw the musical. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, we kind of got sidetracked. Uh, yeah, that was that, well. That is sidetracking, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, Disneyland's. Oh, that went a little bit too far. There we go. Disneyland's classic haunted mansion attraction is getting some additions next year. The plan is to expand on the ride's lore while furthering further immersing guests further immersing guests in the experience. According to local legend, the is not as that manor that is now known as the haunted mansion was built by a pros, prosperous sea captain. All those decades later, the staff has faithfully maintained its haunted grounds. The planned expansion will expand the outdoor queue the, and build upon the gardens, giving guests a more interactive experience. What are they going to put, Venus flytraps out there or something? <laughs> a little Audrey II in the garden area? The new gardens are inspired by Ma- Master Gracie, Madame Leota, and the One-Eyed Cat. Mm-hmm. How can a one-eyed cat inspire anything in a garden? gravestones. Okay. Uh, oh, that's I, I don't
3: kinda, like if I, if I remember correctly like the um the new queue at the Orlando one actually has interactive like gravestones. Oh. So that's what I'm assuming that they're going to be putting something similar in.
1: Oh, okay. I'll well, I'll have to leave it there cuz when we get back it'll be time to speak with Mr. Mark Crathy. Of Coffee Time Comics. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Pop Culture Kaboom radio show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Our next guest is Mr. John Crathy. He is the owner, operator, and writer at Coffee Time Comics. He has a Kickstarter out for his comic book, Home Free. You can get issues number one through four right now of the Grindhouse Action and Hard-Boiled Suspense. And I want to be the first one to say, congratulations, sir, you have reached your pledge level for the uh, comic books.
6: Thank you, I appreciate that. We have (laughs) That's really really exciting.
1: But but there is still three days to go, so there is still time. Anybody listening right now, if you want to go to... uh, um, kickstarter.com and projects look up Michelle Lodge home free and uh, or go to the Pop Culture Boom Facebook page and you can look up and you'll find me where I've shared the links from coffee, or coffee Time Comics for the Kickstarter link and you can go and check it out from there lots of good stuff that they got are going to be providing for you now that they've met their funding goal uh, what you will get is as a thank you as uh, you will have your name listed in the book as well as a logo sticker, a character bookmark, and a noir-style postcard, okay. and, which is really cool and interesting. Having a noir styled postcard. Um, so tell us a little bit about F- Home Free. What is? It? I know it's a kind of. It's not your usual superhero spandexy uh, uh, type of comic book. It's more like a. It sounds more like a uh, kind of a. Uh, shall we say detective cyberpunk um, detective noir. Kind of post-apocalyptic dystopian yeah, future.
6: That, yeah, you got it somewhat. Yeah, basically it falls in the realm of crime comics. Um, it kind of is like issue by issue, we do a little bit of different things with the um, the genre. Like you know, the first one's very much noir. The second issue kind of goes into some grindhouse action kind of stuff. Uh, the third issue, uh, it's because kind of, it's kind of like a road trip comic, so it circles down to Nevada through that one. So we go. More like Western Noir, and then um, and the fourth issue that we're funding right now, uh, it just goes all all out like urban warfare kind of craziness. So <laughs> um, the story is about Sarah. Uh, she's a drifter um, who's been just sort of running from her problems all her life. Uh, and basically, there's some things going on in America at the um, during this like uh, the run of this comic. There's uh, some just some big events going on in America where there's there's some separation in society. Um, and that's also linked to her past. So while she's trying to run from her, her past, her past kind of surrounds her and what's going on in the world. Um, and at this point, she's just trying to get out of the country, run to Mexico. Um, just, you know, thinking that's going to solve our problems, but, you know, never quite – running doesn't quite
2: always do that. You yeah, know? Mexico doesn't solve anybody's problems. <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs>
1: uh, so um, Salt in the Air is the title of the book. Issue number four, and uh, I actually have it up, the uh, synopsis for it. Uh, Sarah had planned on going to Mexico. She wanted to escape the darkness of her past, as it only brought on depression. She needed to escape her country, as it was being drowned in madness. Uh, That sounds like it's set in a modern day, actually, not near future (laughs) post-apocalyptic. But anyway, San Diego was her final destination before crossing the border, and the only thing standing in her way was a war zone i got to get all dramatic with that. With the borders <laughs> closed and mm-hmm. the city in flames, Sarah is meeting with violent attacks around every corner. Will she find refuge from the battle or will she be swept up with the wind of revolution? <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. Um, it's only 32 pages. I'd expect it to be a, a longer book than that. But uh, um, So issues one through four, one through three obviously are already out um mm-hmm. are they available anywhere or is it a let's say i know you can get them at uh, your um link tree um in right. the shop there but uh, are they available in any like local shops or anything at this point in time
6: not at this point um really the best place to get them immediately would be through the kickstarter um it's you're gonna get like the best deals on the price and everything if you just kind of dive in and get all four issues um but you can also get it through my website at uh just J-O-H-N-K-R-A-T-K-Y. Um, but, yeah, this, this issue is 32 pages. It's actually longer than the other ones. Uh, they're, they're all 24. But then the fifth issue is going to be the last in the series. And uh, this, the, this issue and that one are kind of, uh, kind of a two-parter. So it's actually in all going to be like 64 pages um, of story there.
1: Okay. Well, uh, my next question is, is uh, once you get to, uh, so I, I, I thought maybe four would be the last one, but since five is going to, is, is that going to end the story arc, or is it going to end it for the character? Um, basically,
6: Essentially for the series, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily the character. Um, Sarah has been a character I've written before. Um, I have another graphic novel with Michelle Lodge called The Black Wall that she was in. And um, there's also a novella that I'm writing that's going to be available um, through this Kickstarter called Stop Through, uh, which is also a dive into Sarah's past. So she just kind of keeps on popping up for me. So you never know when I'll put out another Sarah story, I guess.
1: <laughs> uh, so when you get to episode five, are you going to do like uh, the major uh, comic book companies and um, set up to have a uh, well a graphic novel that encompasses the whole story arc of all five issues? Um, I think uh, Michelle and I... For
6: now it's, it's possible for sure we might throw it out there and see see if anybody you know is interested but um, I think our main goal right now is to kind of continue with the Kickstarters and just building our names and um, just kind of doing it ourselves. We really kind of enjoy it you know okay. um, So we do we do plan on putting out a trade uh, next year sometime um, after the fifth issue I think we're gonna do in February so uh, right now we're just doing it ourselves.
2: All right, and you aren't going to do, like, Dynamite Comics where you're going to have, like, 27 <laughs> different variant covers or anything, are you?
6: only got three for this one. Okay. <laughs> we, do, we do the
2: variants, but uh, we
6: only have uh, three different covers available. Well,
2: yeah, I have no problem with variants. It's just when you start getting
1: into right. the tw- Yeah, into well, the 20s yeah every week on the show, is like uh I have these guys guess on how many Dynamite entertainments putting out. Actually, I had mm-hmm. Dean Koontz on the show, and he had a... Um, his uh, comic, his, uh, one of his stories, was adapted into a comic mm. book by Dynamite, <laughs> and I was joking with him about how many cover variants there would have been. Right. So he's like, "Yeah, it was kind of." So it was kind of funny. Um, yeah, Kickstarter
6: is pretty insane. If you go through some Kickstarters, there are people that just thrive on that. They'll have like seriously like fifty variant covers available. Yeah, which That's is crazy. Insane.
1: It's like they have. It's like, hey, everybody I know, draw me a cover. And <laughs> I'll right. put it up there. Right. Um, so this is kind of a different kind of a venue or a a storyline for a comic book. I mean, like I said, um, most people associate comic books with kind of over-the-top, you know, superpowers and stuff like this. This is more like kind of a gritty, um, you know, not really slice of life, but uh, more of a Kind of a down to earth kind of a comic mm-hmm. book, more 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 serious in in its tone and, and has kind of a darker kind of vibe to it. Um, do you think, as as far as uh, storylines go and visuals uh, combined, that this would be something um, more suitable to say like uh, Netflix adapting it? Because I know that Robert Kirkman started The Walking Dead as a comic book and it became really popular AMC um, show. Uh, I can actually see the same thing happening with Home Free. Um, Do you you feel the same way about it? Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, I think anything's ready for adaptation, you
6: know, um, into uh, whatever medium is available. Uh, But yeah, yeah, sure. I would say, like, if anything, it would be definitely something where you can get away with a little more. It's it's not like an ultra violent comic or anything, but the the violence that does exist in it is very much in the real world, and it's very it should be shocking because it's it's not pretty, you know, Mm. Um, and it's not supposed to be like glorified or anything.
1: I'm speaking with John Crathy. He is the owner operator of Coffee Time Comics. They have a Kickstarter out for home episode or issue number four of Home Free. You can go and check it out at Kickstarter.com. You can also find it on his link tree. Um all of the information there and his website, johncrathy.com, all one word. or, or if you're on Facebook, anytime he posts rep- Coffee Time Comics or Mr. John Crathy posts it gets reposted in a pop culture kaboom newsfeed, and you can find the uh, links from there as well uh, still 3 days left of the kickstarter um really doesn't take that much to uh, get be a part of kickstarter if you've ever done it before but the more you do pledge the more the um stuff goes up and uh and what you can obtain um, there is a retail bundle out there cause I know that there are a couple of comic shops that do listen to the show, uh, three copies of each issue of home free, one copy of getting back to normal and a 100 page graphic novel, all half off with free shipping. And, uh, for, uh, that is the retail bundle. And so you get a total of six items included in that. Am I reading that right? Yes, I am. And additional add-ons. Um, you can get a big digital bundle if you're not into physical comic books. I don't know why anybody wouldn't be into physical comics, but yeah. yeah that's a, And a big coup de grace, the big one that you can get is uh, way down there at the bottom, which is the noir portrait. Uh, Michelle will mem- memorialize you in a noir-styled portrait. You can either trust her with the details or come up with your own detective, femme fatale, criminal. <laughs> i don't know why i looked at you spencer but anyway because <laughs> i could just picture you like in a fedora and uh like a suit a big old cigar out your mouth or something like that uh gambler yeah roll the dice and look really really cool and that is the ultimate one you can get um so um i recommend and all of these will be delivered on november of 2023 so not that far out um so, sir. And uh, plus, it's uh, since it is the top tier, you get everything before it. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, uh, what is next for you? Do you have any appearances coming up that somebody can go and see you, take a look at issue one, two, and three, all of that fun stuff?
6: Um, yeah, I'll be doing Rose City Comic Con uh, up in Portland, uh, Oregon. Um, that's at the end of the month. I forget the exact date, but it's with, like in two two weeks, basically two and a half weeks or so.
1: Okay. Are you going to be at KaboomCon next year? <laughs> I, I actually saw that. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to reach out, man. Okay. Awesome. Oh well, yeah, it'd be nice to have you there um, and uh, check out everything you're going to and check out everything you're going you, that you are doing. And uh, hopefully by then I'll hear you can say, hey man, uh, keep it on the down low because NDAs, but we got a movie deal. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. All right, sir, thank you again for coming on and talking to with us about Home Free. Like I said, you can go and check out everything at Linktree um as well as his personal website, johnkrathke.com I'm I'm totally mispronouncing your name too, aren't I?
6: It's fine. It's John Crackkey. I mean, it's it's basically there. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> if, if anything else, to Instagram and Twitter um, at Coffee Time Comics and Comics is with uh, an X at the mm-hmm. end instead of a CS.
1: Okay. Well, uh, safe travels to the Rose City Comic Con, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you again in the near future.
6: Oh yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. Take you. care.
1: Take care. All right. Thanks, guys. Oh, Eric, what note? All right. Okay. Eric, Translation services. Eric okay. just did that. I don't know why.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why either. He's... Okay. Uh, unfortunately, since, since radio is an audio and not a video medium, not
1: a visual medium... I'm glad it's not at this point, actually.
2: Uh, we, uh, somebody just basically made a doctored picture of Jimmy...
1: And I don't know what's up with the glasses being all like gradient tinted. I feel like I should be like you know Jim Jones with like Kool-Aid or something. I don't know. Kinda, kinda reminds
2: me of uh, Boss Hog from The Dukes of Hazard. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. where that's where you could be, you know, kissing hands and shaking babies.
3: That was going with country rock star. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right.
2: I I think it's funny that he was more insulted by country rock star than he was Boss Hogg, the bad guy from the Dukes of Hazzard. Who
1: didn't wear sunglasses, so that's why I'm like, okay, nobody will get that. Um, (laughs) Because nobody will get that reference. Everybody will get his. Well, you know, the Burt Reynolds
2: version had... That's not Boss Hogg. Yeah, it was. From the Dukes of Hazzard. In the the movie that had Jessica Simpson as Daisy Duke and... uh, Sean Williams, Scott, and uh, Johnny Knoxville is bo- as that the he um, said Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Yeah, he was the best. He yeah, was, he was he, Boss, he Hog. Boss Hog. Oh. He see, played I, Boss Hog in the movie.
1: See, I didn't watch it because a it was a remake, and b of a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Dukes
3: of Hazard, and it had Jessica Simpson wearing short shorts.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the, the these <laughs> boots were made for walking. Video was very good and it was very
1: very impressive cinema. Sure. But, on that, on that uh, one. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're talking about the Haunted Mansion, mansion Disneyland's uh, classic attraction earlier. Uh, so let's continue. Sandstorm Comics is a new comic book studio planning to launch its own Storm the Block Comic Con event in Abu Nabi. Not Nabi Abu Dhabi? Abu Dhabi, yeah. This December. First teased at the 10th Annual Middle East Film and Comic Book Con in 2022, they made their first American appearance at the San Diego Comic Con this year and began recruiting talent for their first ever event in Abu Dhabi. Sandstorm will also be releasing preview issues of their first 13 comic books created with local authors and renowned international artists. Renowned international artists, led by Mo abedin an emirate industry leader, lifelong comic book creator, sneaker designer, and Joe Rogan fan. Why did they throw Joe Rogan fan in there?
2: <laughs> and that makes
1: no sense at all. I mean, is that going to appeal to? Us? Oh, he's he's a great guy. He likes Joe Rogan too. Well, uh, it,
3: there's a certain demographic maybe.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, Sandstorm states that it aims to put Abu Dhabi on the comic book map by building the region's comics ecosystem in the heart of the United Arab Emirates to elevate local talent in the region, but also the world at large. And Storm to Block in December is where that will all begin. And they are currently accepting artists' submissions for opportunities for collaboration and mentorship with international talent. Those who wish to submit a comic book project for consideration for development in partnership with Sandstorm's international pool of talent can apply by visiting their website, sandstormcomics.com backslash submissions. But just a little side note, they just might have to watch what kind of comics they publish, however, because the UAE is a focus for human rights concerns and its recently updated code of crimes and punishments laws have been criticized for significantly curtailing freedom of of expression and assembly and increasing arbitrary arbitrary detentions so yeah there's something you need to watch out for Um, arbitrary
3: detention. yeah
1: they even uh, instructed Netflix to remove any same sex relationship content from its service yeah Wow. Yeah, that's it. That's quite a that's, lot for Netflix to that, remove. And that's the Middle East <laughs> for you. So. But anyway, with the music coming up, that means it is time for us to take a hard break. We'll be back with more Pop, Radio Show and movies right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, our radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And Jim from Carson City. How are you, (laughs) sir?
5: I am fine. Sorry about that earlier. Oh, no yeah, worries. I'm,
1: oh, wait. Before before we get into this, sir, I just got to do this real quick. The Brewery Arts Center presents it. Seed of the Movement, How Psychedelic Rock Art Took Root in Nevada. Until September 17th, the gallery is open Tuesday through Sunday, noon to 4 p.m. Brewery Arts Center is located at 449 West King Street in Carson City. For more information, visit breweryarts.org. And how are you, sir?
5: I'm doing well. So I was interested in what you guys thought of the movie...
1: A knock at the cabin oh uh day um, looking like a mormon missionary with his weird shirt and tie um, <laughs> uh, uh, i gave it a touch brown if i remember correctly it was i a, believe that you did night yes. uh, shamalot it's a twist at the end kind of thing uh, where the guy refuses to sacrifice somebody even though he sees all of this catastrophe happening right before their very eyes but um that, that, yeah those are my thoughts how about you <laughs>
5: So you, you saw the movie, or was that just your review of the trailer? That's
1: just my
2: review of it. Yeah, I, never he, saw I don't think he saw. It that was <laughs> yeah, Touch, oh, you know, touch okay. Brown so, denotes see, a general disinterest in going to see it. Pretty much, yeah.
5: <laughs> I saw it, Jim. Okay. Yeah, okay, I read well, the book. See, Jim. I, I think that guy. You got to hand it to that Shermelama Ding Dong or whatever his <laughs> name is. He, he he writes he writes some pretty good movies. I mean, they're they're a little bit different, which I like. You know, there was this, there was some unexpected stuff in there. Um, I thought all four of the uh, the horsemen of the apocalypse, um, including your your Mormon missionary you were speaking of there, I thought they were actually really good, and I liked the bit they had they had crafted their own interesting weapons, and uh, and I, you know I thought that was really good. The 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 people who were at the cabin, I would just. Every one of them, I just wish, you know, use the weapons on them now. Just get rid of them, please. Wow. They were all awful. Yeah, it's, oftentimes I, I it's
2: the plucky humans you want to die most. So, oh, so man, sort of they, of, they
1: were just... So backtrack I mean, for a I second. Lo- so Dave Patista and those other characters were the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Kind of. Yeah. yeah.
5: Well, that's that was sort of the revelation that the guy had. They all, the like, had... A... essentially...
3: And, dreams all at once of the same exact like incident and
2: and the movie's old enough that you shouldn't have a spoiler have to have a spoiler alert now people, oh i so. thought you
5: guys didn't care about spoilers in any way
1: oh i didn't <laughs> i was just i didn't you, you didn't get oh. that information off the trailer i before. was just i, yeah, I was just yeah,
2: preemptively yeah. you know cutting off anybody who was going to call, call, call or or right and, and, and complain. they
3: they actually die in different order in the film than they do in the book
5: Okay. Oh okay, yeah, and but, and yeah. different
3: means, a little bit different means too hmm. who dies
5: yeah so, yeah the people at the cabin so, thought they this was all a set up, and these these people were just you know gay bashers or something like that, they right. came to, came to torment him at the cabin. But they'd actually all had visions at the same time, and they lived in different places around the country, and they found each other, and they all knew they had to meet at that one cabin for some particular reason. They had to show up with weapons that they had to craft with their own hands to try and get these people to sacrifice one of their own to save all of humanity.
3: Yeah, Hmm. And And and
5: if they didn't, uh,
3: they were going to kill themselves.
5: Like, yeah, 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 they... Yeah, all four of the uh, – the who ended up – they referred to them as the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse toward the end. Oh, oh, they on were on all going to die as well. Yeah. So let me, let this, me let yeah, see if I got this so right. So the
3: longer it took for them, the more they's, those people would, die, like, die, kill themselves. Well, in the movie, it's them them killing themselves, but they actually kill each other in the book.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, just going out the no, movie. They, so they, if I'm sitting at home and these four people come up to my door and say, we're the Four Horsemen of the mm-hmm. Apocalypse – uh, you need to kill either yourself or you know one of you people have to die, or we're going to start killing ourselves. I'd be like, oh, okay. I turn the TV on and start eating popcorn. I would not. Okay, you want me to die? No, you could go ahead and sacrifice yourself. Go ahead. Let me put some. Let me put some plastic down so you don't mess up the rug. You know? <laughs> Because the rug really brings the room together. It does. Well, in my house, you know. So, but no. Anyway, okay. I just wanted to make sure I got that straight. All right. Well, uh, so what do you think of the? What do you think of the show?
5: Well, I think the movie was actually worth watching. I think mm-hmm. it would actually be worth your time just to check it out. Okay. Um, and yeah, it was. It like I said, I, you know, I want to see if you guys agreed with me that it could have been so much better if they just did not have to do the gay couple thing with the adopted. Asian kid, you know, trying to do all of these stereotypes and all this other stuff. They didn't need to go there. It was a pretty cool idea.
1: Well, that and was, was, how, the, that the, was thing, the
5: book.
3: The book was, was a gay the book, couple. The book yeah. was that way, too? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. they adapted it directly right from the book.
1: It actually stuck to the source <laughs> material. Can you believe it? <laughs> Shocking! There, that, uh, yeah. that was the biggest twist right there. Yeah, that it <laughs> stuck to the source material. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Jim. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I will actually go check it out now because now, now it kind of piques my interest because now I want to see. Yeah, these.
5: it's it's worth your time. Huh? All right, thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thank you, Jim. All right, thanks, we're going to get into
1: movies now. Um, so. Uh, And let me get to it real quick here. If I could find my page. Where is it? There it is. Okay. Each week, the film powers that be release dozens of movies, some of which you will never hear about except here. Each week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes. And up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch. Those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy. And that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made. And we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Bear in mind, we are not professional movie critics. We're just overly opinionated blowhards. But here at the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show, we utilize a carefully crafted and patented movie rating system, which goes as follows If it is worth seeing it in a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great movie. That is to be determined by you if you choose to see it in a theater. If it is worth seeing it in a theater as a matinee or in your town's cheap theater, it is a so so. If it is worth seeing on a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch the film, while avoiding social interaction, it is a blah. And if it is deemed so awful, you should wait for it to be on public television. It is considered a touch brown, because FCC regulations say we can't use profanity. All right, first up is Shadow Island. A meteorologist journeys to a deserted island to investigate his father's death, While he, well, where he is confronted by strange and mysterious occurrences. Okay... I got to write that down real quick. All right. I watched the trailer and got nothing, nothing from the synopsis. And it's a bizarre trailer about a weatherman turned hard boiled detective. And for someone who makes a living, knowing what the weather is, pick some of the worst possible timed weather wise to go to this lighthouse often on, on an Island, possibly the worst way to sell you a movie. If you ask me horrible editing job as well. I, I, uh, I, I was, I wasn't able to figure out what was going on. And, uh, I was constantly interrupted by having to read text because whatever language that was, they were speaking, uh, and the supposed tension was actually quite boring rather than tense. So I'm going to give it a touch brown. Uh, Spencer, what say you?
2: Well, uh, I'm not sure what language it was either. It sounded Slavic, so, okay. so I think it was probably like Swedish or some, something in that region. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. <clears throat> but uh, I was able to keep up with the with the subtitles because I'm – I'm an old hand at, at, at that because uh, family and just a, lo- a general love of reading. But uh,
1: family, what does that mean? You uh, mo- walk around, around with it. No, my mom, my mom was practically deaf. <laughs> oh, <okay. so. laughs> I, I grew up watching. They walk the closest, around with, deaf, with <laughs> subtitles. <in the> <laughs> that would have made life so much easier in so many different ways. Oh, no, I got an idea to make a subtitle shirt where every time you talk, it actually shows what you're saying. Like, like Homer shirt. did. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, did that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, oh that would be funny. Anyway, anyway,
2: anyway, uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh uh, since i was able to keep up with the with with the with the uh subtitles and stuff as things were going i felt that the tension did build up pretty interesting in an interesting way and you know it go, kind of goes from a guy just trying to kind of figure out what happened to wow there's a lot of weird stuff going on here and then of course you know add the bad weather you really pump up the drama here and so pump up the drama pump up the drama yeah, rain rain yeah. <laughs> uh but um I would actually check this out, but this just the way it was filmed and stuff. It, it doesn't feel like it would be a great movie, uh movie theater experience to me. I would watch it on streaming, so I, I guess uh, that would uh, it would be uh, blah just because it would be to watch on
1: streaming. All right, Rob, what say you?
3: Um. Yeah. So the fog met. <laughs> Um, Shutter Island, I don't quite understand what was happening. What was that with? one
2: with Willem Dafoe and uh the, light- the Lighthouse? The lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, no, that
3: wasn't this at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, trust me.
1: Just because there was a lighthouse. So yeah. No, a- yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> um
3: So it was very, like, foreboding and, like, I just, I don't know, I was just waiting for more to happen. Me like, too. um So it, it did not pique my interest at all with that. Um... I'm sure if it's, like, on TV, I'll probably end up watching it. But for now,
1: it's a touch brown. Okay. Hmm. All right. Up next is Megalomaniac. Ooh. Martha and Felix are the children of the Butcher of Mons, a notorious Belgium serial killer from the 1990s. Unstable and riddled with insecurities, Martha lives vicariously through social media. Her brother, crushed by the family legacy, takes over his family's killings. Well, that doesn't sound like a really right? crushed by it. <laughs> Sounds like he was, he was inspired by it. Uh, harassed and violently assaulted at work, the docile Mer- Martha falls into madness and goes through the looking glass into the strange and terrifying world inhabited by her brother. All right, I discovered that if you read the synopsis first, the trailer really makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't help at all. Actually, sometimes it does. It depends Not on the. This, it sorry. depends yeah, on yeah, the trailer. In it this case, on the uh, synopsis. <laughs> yeah, in this case, I watched the trailer, then
2: read the synopsis. And I'm like what? So then I read the synopsis again, and then rewatched the trailer, and I still got nothing.
1: Yeah, I I can't really make sense of this trailer. What's going on? Who's doing what or why? I can tell you that the trailer is gritty, on some level creepy and uncomfortably claustrophobic with all its weird close-up shots. But for the lack of anything in the trailer to give me a desire to watch, so I'm going to have to give this one a touch brown as well. Rob, what say you?
3: Um. Yeah. So this one. Um. <laughs> yeah no, I ended up having to watch another trailer because I was like, What did I see? I actually said that. I was like, What did I just see? I, I don't quite get it. And then the other trailer I picked was a completely silent one for like a film festival, but it was actually more coherent. Huh. Uh, I know that sounds like very like odd, but yeah, it was a little bit more coherent. Um I like how she's following in her brother's footsteps by keeping a pet chained up a girl as a pet chained up in her apartment. Like she didn't seem to be out there like butchering people, like where they show like the kind of guy Killed that one guy and hoisted him over his shoulder, you know, threw him in the trunk in the beginning of the trailer. See, where it lost me was the guy floating down. I think this. that was supposed to be a metaphor because nothing happened with that. So I kind of like went, pushed I mean? it off. It was yeah. just like, oh, I have no
1: idea what's going on anymore. <laughs> floating things, people being Well, and then they trunks. had those
3: two, like those two women in red that just like walked by with their smiles. What was that about in the middle? Like, yeah, no. Yeah, too confusing. Uh, Yeah, no, it. I'm sorry, even though it was um, French and... It had subtitles that didn't bother me. What bothered me was the fact that it was very bizarre and made no sense. <laughs> and I have no desire to see this. Okay. <laughs> so touch
1: Brown. All right. Spencer, What's a, what's say you?
2: Well, I kind of gave most of my piece on that one where it just, the, the trailer made no sense. Even with the synopsis, without the synopsis, ne- no way made, it made any sense. Uh, the, the only movie that popped, uh, other movie that had any kind of parallels that I could think of to try and to make any sense of this was the Japanese horror movie Audition. Never saw it. Oh, it's a good movie. You should check it out, actually. But the main villain of the piece is is an actress, and she has a guy that she's mutilated, basically, as a pet. And I'm getting kind of the same vibes from the pet that the the girl has. Okay. But that's the only part that I could make make any sense. (laughs) And I'm not big in the horror movies and... Movies that can start conversations and all that anyway. So I'm going to touch around this.
1: All right. So there's that. Our first streak of the day. Uh, Up next, My Animal. Heather, an outcast teenage goalie, longs to play on the hockey team of her small northern town. She meets and falls in love with newcomer Johnny, an alluring but tormented figure skater. The girl's relationship blossoms despite Heather's struggles with her alcoholic mother, her hidden sexual orientation, and a familial curse that transforms her into a feral wolf under the full moon. Heather and Johnny's secret trust That's a weird way to say Trist. Trist. Okay, that's why I spelled word weird. Soon clashes against the conformity of their small community, exposing dangerous truths and igniting a passionate, violent night of personal transformation. Alright, so an interesting take on the werewolf mythos, but I honestly can't think of why anyone would willingly move to these small towns. I hear people moving from them, but never to them, except in movies, and oddly they aren't criminals on the run or part of a witness relocation program. I don't know why, though, but something seems off about this, and while watching the trailer, it seems like something just doesn't fit right. And I don't know, what it, know, know if it's me or the confusing way the trailer is edited. I have to give it, at best, a blah. Uh, Spencer, what say you?
2: Well, this is another one where I watched the trailer before I read the, the synopsis, and I have to admit, when I was watching it, I did not get a werewolf vibe off of any of it at all. You know, you saw the teeth, but when the, when they do that that horror trope, it's typically meant for vampires, where you know they open their mouths and show fangs. <laughs> And so, so I, I and, you know, even with the weird things with the eyes, you're supposed to make them look like wolf and eye, look like wolfen eyes. Yeah, but that, I thought that was actually intriguing how they did it. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. No, it looked good. But again, I didn't really get, because I, I think he saw like one actual wolf running through the forest, like for a split second once in the trailer. <laughs>
1: I said, I have to show a wolf for it to be a werewolf movie. Uh, oh yeah, oh <laughs> well, well, yeah. But, that, but that's my point being that's the
2: only thing that made it that made, had any kind of a wolfy feel to it. Right. Because I got more vampire yeah. feel out of it than. The, and I guess technically you can still make the allegory work, but. I'm not very interested in this allegory,
1: so I'm going to touch brown it. All right, Rob, I'll see you in uh, thirty seconds or less.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say just this before we go there: that I think it's not really meant to be like a werewolf because they say feral wolf. Same difference. No, because tomato, uh, tomato. No, because a feral wolf is more like a wild wolf versus a werewolf like you but know, if you're
1: turning into a wolf of some sort but the
3: one picture that they did show of the wolf looked like a more of a actual wolf yeah more
2: blood and chocolate type werewolf a, rather than American werewolf right. in London
3: exactly
1: did you see that? Yeah, well, it looked more like a tree sloth than a, fun, a werewolf. So, I mean, <laughs> come on, it was American Werewolf in London. Did you see that thing? I did. I, I got tree sloth out of that. But anyway, uh, with that music, it means it is time for us. Uh, uh, so what do you get this one, Rob? Um, well, wait till we come back. Oh, ooh, suspense. <laughs> All right, when we get back, Drama. We'll, get, we'll get the dramatic intro of my animal and, uh, and, and Rob's dramatic entry and what he thinks about it. So we'll be right back with more Paul Culture Goodroom Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. We are going over the movies that'll be released this week. This week, the week of. The Move third? cursor. No, September 4th through September 10th. Well, today's the 3rd. September 4th through today, but they're not coming out today. They're being released <laughs> okay, September wait, 4th through okay. September 10th. And we were talking about My Animal. Actually, let's do a full recap. Shadow Island. I gave it a touch brown, so did Rob. Spencer gave it a blah. Megalomaniac. All three of us gave it a touch brown. We were talking about My Animal Now. I gave it a blah. Spencer gave it a touch brown. And Rob. Yes. Um, yeah. So the company of wolves has decided
3: to grow up and become My Animal. <laughs> um, that's what the closest I could get from like a synopsis. Like it reminded me of very much. I don't know if you ever saw The Company of Wolves uh, with Angela Lansbury, but it was very yeah, much. Hmm. It was more of a fairy tale slash like werewolf story, and that's what this one kind of reminds me of. It hmm. doesn't seem like there's like going to be like killings or anything. It more it's more like she's coming of age and yeah. dealing with her werewolf side and
2: um stuff. So.
3: Okay, um, that's what I got out of this. Like, so it's, it's kind of like at the, all with this, you know.
2: So it's kind of like the animated movie where she kept turning into a red panda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, what was well, that, that was red? a little
3: bit different for why she was turning into a red panda. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know? Um, you know, I would I would focus this more like Ginger Snaps or Ginger yeah. Snaps Back, um, but that's that kind of seems like where it's triggering her feral wolf. You know, okay, um, but. I don't know. To me it seems like it seems interesting in the concept. I really liked the company of Wolves. I thought it was just a unique take on the whole werewolf genre. So if
2: this was actually on, I would probably watch it. So I'd say blah.
1: Mm,
2: okay. Mm. So two blah's the highest rated
1: one so far. Well
2: I think we know who's the more forgiving of the two of us this week.
1: Um No. Because really? <laughs> <laughs> Spencer, you got two touch browns and a blah. I got one. Two touch browns and a blah. Rob has two touch browns oh, and a blah. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, we're, we're all in the running. <laughs> yeah. All right. So up next is good boy. Uh, Sigrid thinks she's met the perfect match with the charming and handsome Christian. But there is one catch. He lives with a man who acts like his pet dog. Trying to be open-minded, Sigrid say, how desperate do you gotta be? I would have been out, I would have been like, oh, bye. bye. <laughs> Sigrid continues the relationship, but begins to notice an insidious undertone to Christian. Maybe puppy play isn't in it as innocent as it seems. A chilling feature debut from the up-and-coming Scandinavian filmmakers. I'm not gonna try and pronounce Break. those names. Bill Boy <laughs> and Carl Oscar Ash. Okay, what he said. All right. Yeah, never oh, know. Sorry, yeah. small yeah. writing. <laughs> you never know what kind of crazy you're, you'll meet on a dating app, so don't use them. A guy keeps a, or knows, or a guy keeps or knows, or who has someone who dresses like a dog living in his house. I really don't want to know if they get into the whole being housebroken aspect. So I'm just, I'm just right here, right now, gonna say touch brown and move on. <laughs> I don't even want to think about this one. So. Uh, Rob Spencer, what say you? Well, uh, watching this, um,
2: I personally have no animus towards furries. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, you know, Let 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 people do what they do, and it's fine. But this is like definitely taken to a degree that uh, oh, that I would have been, Oh, hi, bye. Just like y'all said, but then. You know, there's a show on uh, FX that was Wilfred Mm -hmm. that had uh, Elijah Wood with a with a dog that with a guy in a in a dog suit, but I think he was supposed to be his real dog if memory serves. But he saw him that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think I would go rather go watch that series and laugh than watch this and just uh, and uh, you know have the furry community be insulted. (laughs) So touch brown.
1: Okay, Rob, what say you?
3: Um. Yeah, you made us watch this one. Um, Yeah, no. um, It was very, like, disturbing in a disturbing way. Um, And not in a good disturbing way, because I do like disturbing things. But I don't know. Like, the whole fact that, like, when he said, oh, I have a dog, but... She didn't meet the dog, like, when he came home. You know, like, most people's dogs, like, you know, approach them when they walk in. You know, she met them while they were on the bed making out, and he was looking at them. I mean, okay, so that was kind of weird to me. Yeah. Like, she should have met the dog somehow sooner than that. So, to me, it seems like that's where the whole nefarious reasons come in, but they're too weirdly nefarious <laughs> for me. Um, I And I have nothing against, like, the furry people and... I don't think this was even, like, a furry thing. This reminded no, me of that not. guy in, I don't know what other country, I want to say Japan or China, that, like, paid $10,000 to buy a dog costume and walks around with, on a leap. Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen that yet? Okay. <laughs> By the look <laughs> on your face. Yeah. There's a real life guy. I'm, I kid you not. He paid a, oh. Thousands of money to buy a real-life dog costume. And
1: he's going to get that in back now by suing them for <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. yeah
3: I and, and he's more of, like, taking it as, like, the dog. Like, he's out there in the park and people pet. Like, he's a dog. And this is doesn't seem quite like that. No, not at so all. <laughs> it's a touch brown.
1: Okay. The second streak of the day. All right. So we get to the 400-pound gorilla la, 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 in the room this week, which is The Nun 2. In 1956, France, a priest is murdered. Okay, thanks for the headline. An evil <laughs> is spreading. <laughs> again, think, these are like sentence little sen, sentence breaks. It's like I'm getting this by telegraph. Uh, the sequel to the worldwide smash hit follows Sister Irene as she once again comes face to face with Valak, the demon nun. Valak, am I saying mm-hmm. that right? Valak. He looked at me all weird. All right, the Twisted Sister is back. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about Dee Snyder and the boys. I'm talking about this side character from the Jump Scare drinking game franchise, The Conjuring, who appeared in uh, The Conjuring 2, I believe. That's when mm-hmm. she first made her appearance. Those. So this prequel of the, to the previously mentioned franchise takes f- place four years after the original The Nun prequel. And further muddies the water of the Gothic supernatural horror franchise. I haven't seen any of them because supernatural horror is not my thing. So plain and simple. So Touch Brown, <laughs> Rob, what's he?
3: Well, I have seen the entire Conjuring universe. It's actually one of my favorite universes out there. Okay, really? Um, yes, it cool. is. I actually um, James Wan and Lee Wanell. They like they 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 have a niche, and they oh, actually okay. have. They, their films are ones that actually I enjoy seeing in the theaters because they have good jump scares, um, and I enjoy that. <laughs> um, the Nun, too. I love the fact that The Nun actually brings in um, Tessa for Farmingna, uh, Vera's daughter, to play her, like, past ancestor dealing with this, so I think that's kind of, like, a cool little, mm-hmm. like...
1: Oh, so the actress who's the nun, they brought in her... Yeah,
3: her daughter, yeah, who's also an actress, plays her, like, her relative. That's the nun's sister, Irene. Ah. That's the whole connection to the and, Conjuring universes. And, and. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, See the interesting things and-
1: you find out when you don't watch stuff? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge universe. Like, I mean, you know, well, there's supposed to be a new Annabelle coming out too, but... Um, yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> I like them.
3: I like them. I can't. I'm excited for this film. I like. I said. I actually enjoyed these, so I'm, it's being, It's gonna be a good for me. Okay. I'm hoping. To, I'm waiting for a text back from my daughter and make sure we're seeing it Friday.
1: <laughs> is she into these things? Yes, yeah, she is now. Yeah. Oh, she is now. Oh, yeah. All right. Well then, <laughs> father and father daughter uh, movie night is gonna be interesting. Oh, yeah. make sure remember anybody...
3: I told you I'd, she got traumatized after talking to me <laughs> I know I know yeah but she was like it's, but immediately afterwards she's like we have to buy
1: it when it comes out <laughs> <laughs> so so what you gotta do is you make sure any of the, since you like going to see these in the theater mm-hmm. anybody who's dumb enough to sit in front of you just grab oh, yeah. them on the shoulder <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> alright Spencer what say you? alright well you
2: know I, I love Rob's enthusiasm when it comes to talking about horror movies like this because you know because you know, I've, I've mentioned it before that with horror movies, I try to a- channel my inner Rob <laughs> on these. You know, because I, 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 I don't mind horror movies, but I don't go out of my way to find them. But, you know, I, I love his enthusiasm and knowing all, this little, all these little things about the Conjuring universe. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I just didn't like this trailer because not only was it... If I did drink... And I did the jump scare drinking game in this. I would have thrown up by the end of the trailer. Oh, no. You'd be in an alcoholic coma. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but the problem is not only would I have, were there a lot of jump scares, which, you know, you, yeah, you're supposed to have in a, in a trailer. I, right? but I understand that. But they were predictable jump scares, which makes, makes it kind of feel like it's insulting my intelligence. Wow. And, okay. <laughs> And I don't like my intelligence being insulted, so touch brown. <laughs> okay. And there you
1: have it. Those are the movies that are coming out this week, September 4th through September 10th. Uh, we got Shadow Island. Uh, Spencer gave it a blah. Rob and I gave it a touch brown. Megalomaniac. All of us give it touch browns. My Animal uh, gave it a blah. Uh, Rob gave it a blah. And Spencer gave it a touch brown. Not enough werewolf in the werewolf movie for him. Good Boy, um, a very bizarre movie, and All of Us Gave It Touch Browns. Yeah, that had more werewolf in it than the werewolf movie. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and The Nun 2, which was the big 400-pound gorilla in the room this week. Rob gave it good, and Spencer and I gave it Touch Browns. Yeah, but, oh, no. if,
2: but if you're a fan of the franchise, I'm sure you'll be very happy. Yeah, uh, like Rob like Rob <laughs> like I, said, I, I envy the, I envy that excitement sometimes
3: <laughs> but I, like I said like this is one of the there's a lot of universes out there in yeah. the heart, and like this is actually one of them that I yeah enjoy
2: yeah it. when you mentioned it was James Wan oh it's like oh yeah that's the one he does because it's like was it that one or was it Paranormal Activity No, no, I can think about no no
3: it wasn't that was R.N. Pelly
1: all I can, uh, all, all I can um, think about when it comes to James Wan is that last movie I saw his Malignant <laughs> I love that that was great <laughs> that movie was good until you saw what was happening then it was just well goofy. he started the
3: whole saw universe so yeah i know yeah i do appreciate i do appreciate the that first was the last
1: saw. movie that i saw of his i thought it was going to be better than it actually was <laughs> 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 the killer one there, the big killer reveal was just too goofy for me. oh i loved it i thought it was great it, it was it was like right on the par whole... for
3: the way the movie was because the movie was very it, it was on the bridge of being campy
1: yeah, it was then, especially when they saw it. And when you then when the when they showed you the reveal,
3: that's when it went to full camp. Yeah. And it was <laughs> like,
1: "Awesome." Yeah, so yeah, so so it didn't just
2: step into camp. Nope. It,
3: it, it, it it joyously led you, It led you there <laughs> and took you there and, <laughs> and you, it swan fulfilled dive. You. It, yeah, it fulfilled your your yeah, yeah. I liked it, I'm sorry. All
1: right. So next week September 11th through September 17th, uh, can only find four movies actually. Um, hmm. yeah, but uh huh. Well, it makes sense. You know, with the
2: strike, I'm sure that things are starting to slow down by which now. Which is
1: funny because we spoke to uh, Vince uh, Lozano, mm-hmm. and uh, Satanic Hispanics is coming out on <laughs> yep. theaters. A Haunting in Venice, which I'm kind yep. of on defense about because doesn't it. it Agatha Christie. Oh, yeah, yes, exactly. Christie, yeah. But it's but got Michelle Yeoh in it, so. Yes. <laughs> yes. Those aren't the reasons why it's on here. I know. <laughs> so um, it looks actually like a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, which is bizarre for. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, uh, I like
3: the whole fact, like, they show you that one scene where, like, Per, uh, Perot's looking in the mirror and then he's yeah. shoved down in and he's like, okay, a ghost tried to attack me. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, see, so I'm like,
2: okay, this is rather Bizarre. I'm Fag just at the impressed at, po- at Poirot's mustache, man. That's got to take a lot of
1: maintenance. Well, back then they didn't have TV, so that's all they had to do. Yeah. And like, Listen to me, twist me, little yeah. mustache. That beard yes. wax comes in handy. Well, yeah, well, because <laughs> Ear wax? Beard wax. Oh, waxed. okay, I thought you said ear wax. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. Because, you know, the old, <laughs>
2: the old Poirot movies, you know, he had this little you know, pencil mustache. Uh-huh. Yeah, but but in the books, and of course, so mm-hmm. in the, in this movie, which is more, which are more accurate to yeah. the books, you know, uh,
1: Kenneth Bronner just went,
2: we're going full mustache here. Well, I think
1: it's the fact that he probably could grow one like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I would laugh if we found out it was just practical effects. <laughs> it's all CGI. Oh, shit.
3: <laughs> uh, Instead of removing it like Henry Cavill's, they added his arm. Yeah. Uh,
1: the Inventor. It's hmm. an interesting hmm. one Actually, it looks interesting It's an anime And Outlaw Johnny Black Outlaw Johnny Black hmm. Yeah, this one has been a long time coming I saw a trailer for this one a long, long time Over a year ago, actually, I think So those are the four next week There will probably be five I just got to wait for it to come around Yeah Yeah, so you'll have a mystery as to what the fifth movie will be and Yes, you will All right, so here are the cons and events that I was able to find going on worldwide the week of September 4th through September 10th. I cannot stress enough that if you do not go to these events, they will stop happening or will not return to your area. So if you're thinking, I'll go next week, next month, next year, they might not happen near you ever again, period. If one or more of these are near you, go check them out. And if they are not, check your local game hobby and comic book shops for great events going on in your area. If you know of or have a pop culture event coming up in your area, I can add to this list. Please contact me at PaulcultureGoom at gmail.com. Put upcoming events in the subject line and in the body of the email. Include the name of the event, the date or dates it will be running and where it will be taking place so I can add it to my upcoming lists. First up, September 7th through the 10th is Pintastic Pinball and Game Room Expo 2023 at the Best Western Royal Plaza Hotel and Trade Center in Marlborough, Massachusetts. You're right.
2: Oh, sorry. You, you, you said that, and that. Now I have pinball wizard going through my head. okay. I was wondering what you were doing with your hands all of a
1: sudden. I was like, what's he doing over there? Uh, September 8th is the Silver Scream Con 2023. Oh, I like that name. At the Doubletree by Hilton Hotel, Boston North Shore, Danvers, Massachusetts. September Boston 8th. through the- by Hilton in Danvers, Massachusetts. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> September 8th through the 9th uh, is the Brick Universe Maine, 2023 at the Portland Exposition Building in Portland, Maine. September 8th through the 10th is Anime anim, animite, animate Des Moines 2023 at the Iowa Event Center in Des Moines, Iowa. September 8th through the 10th is Anime, Fest, anime Fiesta 2023 at the McAllen Convention Center in McAllen, Texas, September eighth through the tenth is Anime Oklahoma twenty twenty three at the Grand Casino Hotel and Resort in Shawnee, Oklahoma. September eighth through the tenth is Anime Town Greenville twenty twenty three. gee, any guess? Greenville really Convention really Center, <laughs> maybe Greenville, <laughs> South Carolina. Uh, September eighth through the tenth is Arkansas Can- Comic Con twenty twenty three at the State House Convention Center in Little Rock, Arkansas. September 8th through the 10th is Baltimore Comic-Con 2023 at the Baltimore Convention Center in Baltimore, Maryland. How convenient. I know, right? September 8th through the 10th is... Furry Migration 2023 (laughs) at the Hyatt Regency, Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Where they
2: will not be screening Good Boy. (laughs) No, they (laughs) won't. Probably not.
1: (laughs) Nor will they be screening it September 8th through the 10th at Furvana 2023. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. At the Ocean Shores Convention Center in Ocean Shores, Washington. (laughs) I know where that is. I'm surprised they have a fur con there. Anyway, it is the top of the hour. Um, If you missed any part of today's show, you can find it at the Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, produced by 97 and Now Productions. You can find it at uh, your favorite podcast platform. And we'll be right back with more of the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show right after this. This is the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Spencer Stoner, Rob Nalt, and I, your not so humble host of the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Um, As I've read the cons and events every week for the last uh, what four years now, Mm -hmm. I've been told that I've been going to conjure Cthulhu, and I finally have (laughs) Cthulhu Dreamt as a tabletop role-playing game. It is science fiction, horror, and metal soundtrack, and here to tell us everything about Cthulhu Dreamt is the COO of Action Fiction Games, Mr. Jeron Johnson, and the composer for that said metal soundtrack, Mr. Reed Reimer. And how are you gentlemen this evening? Hey, guys, to
7: be here. Doing pretty good.
1: <laughs> so Cthulhu Dreamt, it's not the first game done by Action Fiction. Um, how long has Action Fiction been around, and how many games does Action Fiction have out?
7: Uh, we've been making games since about 2018,
1: um, and
7: uh, we've primarily been making uh, Dungeons & Dragons supplements for D&D 5th edition. Um, our best-selling one is a setting called Monsters of Murka which is kind of like a high-fantasy parody of the United States, but with magic and dragons and all sorts of things like that. Um, and people have been really, really engaging in that, uh, but this was kind of our first opportunity to break off and do something very different.
1: And very original, too. Um, Cthulhu Dreamt is a sci-fi horror tabletop RPG and original soundtrack where you and your team of survivors will explore a near-future Earth that is suffering under the influence of Cthulhu and his cosmic dissidents. Using your talents, special tech from the secret government agency, which will remain nameless because it is a secret government agency, (laughs) and even the tools of the old ones, you must rescue one of the few scientists who can help. Um, So from what I understand, Reed, um, this whole project came about from a song that you wrote. Is that correct?
8: Yeah, um, I started the band Cthulhu Dreamt uh, a few years ago with uh, some friends of mine. And uh, to kind of start writing the music, I-, I like to accompany every project I do with a story, whether or not that story gets told. But uh, it was Cthulhu Dreamt was no different. And uh, yeah, it started as a musical endeavor and, and uh, transformed into this really cool thing with uh, action fiction and, and Jaron and his team.
1: Okay. Um, So with uh, Cthulhu Dreamt, I want to say congratulations. Uh, You guys had a pretty relatively low Kickstarter goal for it. Um, But with four days to go, you have crushed that. Um, I'm I'm horrible with math and percentages. Um, But I would say you're like, uh, what, like 700% over what you guys were trying to get? Yep, that's
8: exactly right.
1: Oh, okay. Wow. I guess my (laughs) math is better than I thought it was. You go. Uh, So congratulations on that. But there is still time if you want to uh, go ahead and uh, jump on board with that, though. Um, And you guys got some really cool and interesting rewards for each tier. Um, but I'm going to get to the big ones because those are the ones that are really, really cool. Um, you have the cosmic entities. Uh, have you got the perfect idea of an eldritch creature or flora that you want to pit against your friends? Is it something that you will not only serve as nightmare fuel for them, but anyone else that comes across the pages of this new world... And- Necronomicon is your cat, secretly an old one that controls the dreams of those it deems unworthy. Well, I hope not. Um, <laughs> work with the team at Action Fiction to design a trace that will be included in the main campaign, books, theory the main campaign itself and potential side story and or side quest creations uh, give us the details to create this abomination and its st- stat block and let nightmares ab- and let nightmares abound um so that's really cool um so you, and if they go out that tier uh, then they can actually add um, something that will be part of permanently part of it huh
7: Absolutely.
5: Yeah, yeah, it's a
1: really <laughs> cool
7: opportunity for folks to to step in and design content, and then see it played by a bunch of other people. We we also just love seeing what people come up with. You know, we've had some some very cool concepts come together out of our community over the years.
1: Okay, and uh, the very top of the tier, uh, which will get you everything um, that is unlocked so far and everything on every tier, is the Dream Trace, which is an acronym, T-R-A-C-E. Uh, do you dream of a mission for you and your friends to put your might and wit against the gods? Do you fancy that you could figure out the puzzles that might save a city? Oh, there's puzzles involved. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) i'm not a puzzle guy sorry
1: (laughs) i am though so this sounds very interesting okay spencer's still on board i i've i've jumped ship sorry Uh, (laughs) do you fancy that you could figure out the puzzles that might save a city from absolute destruction does the nightmare going through your head need to be exercised and made right I uh, work with the action fiction team by sending them your pitch for a side story and watch as they turn it into reality, reality complete with your choice of edge troops or a party of players based on the specialties in the main campaign. And let's not forget the trials, tribulations and traces that are made to order to fill your dream with its com- complementary nightmares. <laughs> um, so that sounds really interesting. So um, it's basically somebody giving you ideas to basically add a, con, a, a, a side quest for to the main Cthulhu Dreamt. Is that if I'm reading that correctly?
7: Yeah, Cthulhu Dreamt is is set on Earth, so this is a great way for people to turn their hometown into a, an eldritch battleground. Right, if you you want to take Carson City and turn it into a place where Cthulhu's starting to wreak havoc and turn all your buddies into the characters, that or in the story that everyone plays, that's the pleasure that will let you do it.
1: Have you ever been to Cursing City? It's more like a documentary at this point, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Cursing City. Um, anyway, um, so what, what gave you, the, so Cthulhu Dream started out as a band, um, and uh, then, um, Jaron, you got involved. How did it come about to, you know, this would be a really cool game idea?
7: Uh, well, Reed and I have worked together for a number of years where he's done all the music for our Kickstarter trailers um, because he's just brilliantly talented. Um, and he came to me and was, was talking to me about this Cthulhu dreamt world that he was building. Um, and uh, my, my reckless ambition got the better of me, and I asked, have you thought about turning this into a full-fledged tabletop RPG? Uh, and Reed said, well, I'm thinking about it now. What does that take? Uh, we spent the next two years uh, just kind of like forming this very very cool game based on this world that Reed had built. Um, you know, even though uh, I mean, I mean, the backstory for the for the song and, and album that he had built was this huge Google Doc. It was a world that was just ready to be explored. You know, just so much very cool history, um, and it was uh, it was just begging to have a game made off of it where players could explore that world actively.
1: Okay, um, Reed sir, uh, we do have a song that we will be playing right now. Um, it is called "A Trial in Two Parts," which is actually part of the soundtrack for Cthulhu Dreamt. Correct?
5: Yeah, that's correct.
1: So, what is the backstory of this song? I, you said doing uh, with a you like doing kind of like a concept. Um, so there, there's got to be a concept behind this uh, song. So, what, what, what was your thoughts when you were composing it?
8: Yeah, there absolutely is. And, you know, uh, we're, we're going back to the puzzles. You don't have to worry about that. That's why you have a team with you. But uh, <laughs> this, this, this song was actually made for the puzzle game that, It's called the ARG that we're running right now. And anybody who solves it, like the first five people who solved this puzzle, Get a free um, a free game and vinyl soundtrack. Uh, you know if they go through all the steps and everything. But this song was made for this puzzle, and uh, there were like some hidden messages in it and everything. And so uh, once once that got put into the puzzle game, then I uh, I put lyrics on it afterwards. And uh, the story of this song really kind of relates back to. Um, the world of Cthulhu dreamt of which there are two there's uh it's a multiverse so um the trial in two parts it refers to these worlds colliding
1: okay and we're going to hear this song right now it is called a trial in two parts and here it is from composer reed reimer (laughs) That was a trial in two parts. It is some of the soundtrack for the Cthulhu Dreamt game. It's a tabletop role playing game. Um, we have the composer of said track, Mr. Reed Reimer, on the phone with us right now. Um, as I listen to the song, sir, I got a very strong, like typo negative type of vibe off of that. Were they a big inspiration for you with, uh, with uh, your musical? I will definitely never turn
8: down being compared to <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> but that doesn't answer the question. right? No. <laughs>
8: you know, um, typo negative isn't one that it, like, you know, a mainstay in, in like my, my normal listening, uh, a lot of like Gojira and uh, Mastodon tool, stuff like that is, is kind of mainstay. Um, but that one was really, um, inspired by a band called Ha! out of New Jersey.
1: Okay. I, I, that vaguely sounds familiar to me, but I'm not quite sure how they sound. Um, uh, so how does the soundtrack fit in with the game itself?
8: So the soundtrack is... Uh, it's meant to be kind of an accompaniment as as players go through the stories and the encounters. And uh, the way that we put it together was... Um, Going through the story, creating the outline and all the story beats, um, I took those story beats and wrote songs around like the feelings that that I anticipate there being. And then, um, like when players and the facilitator are going through the game, you know, as they get to the page with whatever action is going to be happening or whatever, there's going to be a nice little QR code that they can scan in there and just like get the song running, you know, with very little. Uh, issues or difficulty so it'll just be kind of like some really really good sonic wallpaper to uh, to to game with
1: okay Uh, on that note sir i do have to take a hard break can you guys stick around for another segment because we do got more questions and you got answers you bet okay we'll be right back with more with Action Fiction Games, and we're talking about Cthulhu Dreamt, their latest game. We just got done hearing a track. Eric in Whittier, California, says that he really likes the track, um, so I, hopefully he'll go and check out the Kickstarter. Uh, we'll be back with more, and we'll get some more information because I got some questions that uh, I'm going to be hitting them with when we get back, so don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture, Go Boom Radio Show right after this.
2: Night Off the Streets is organizing a fundraiser for their mission of providing a warm, safe place for people experiencing homelessness and for establishing a permanent location. The event will take place at St. Peter's Church at 314 North Division Street in Carson City on Saturday, September 9th from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Funds will be raised through the sale of food and raffle items. If people are unable to attend but would like to help, Night Off the Streets is also looking for raffle prizes or baskets to help sell raffle tickets. For more information, please contact Night Off the Streets at 775-600-2215 or by email
1: at notsmanager at gmail.com. Thank you, Spencer. And this is the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. On the phone with us is the COO of Action Fiction Games, Mr. Jaron Johnson and composer Reed Reimer. We just got done hearing the track A Trial in Two Parts, which is part of the Cthulhu Dreamt tabletop role-playing game which is in kickstarter right now there's four days left if you'd like to uh, be a part of the kickstarter they are on facebook and i have linked them over to so when they post it goes into the pop culture boom news feed so you can go there and check out the link and go and check out the kickstarter everything you can get um there is actually a vinyl album out there that you can get for as part of the uh, tiers, which is really cool um so gentlemen uh, i got some i got some more questions for you are you still there
4: Oh yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Um so with uh, how this is coming out so far it sounds really epic and really complex. Um but it's actually sounds like it's based pretty simply cuz off of the Kickstarter it's based off of the D12 um game uh, game system as far as the uh, game mechanics go or the yeah. D12 rule set. Um, so, is there any is it linked over by chance or associated with a D twenty at all? Um, as far as using it, as far as online tools. Uh, nope, you can
7: use online tools to bake it, uh, but this is actually a completely original system uh, that we have uh, just tailored for Cthulhu Dream Hello. You didn't yeah, hear me? Oh
1: yeah, it just sounded like you got cut off all of a sudden. Oh. I was like, <laughs> <worry> about that." I was <laughs> like, "That was in a breath way to end the sentence." I hope he didn't get disconnected. <laughs> well, you know. yeah, Cthulhu got me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust me, we, I've been worried about Cthulhu showing up on more than one occasion. Yeah, when, I know. When... when I do the cons <laughs> yeah. and events, yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the backup. <laughs> anyway, uh, so um, I got a question for you guys. Uh, also, um, are you going? Do you have any appearances planned? Like any kind of like uh, game cons or um, expo? or anything like that, where you're going to be uh, showing up?
7: Good question. Um, We're trying to make it to GalaxyCon here in Columbus, Ohio, in December, uh, and then OhioCon in January, uh, and Origins, uh, which is a big, big board game, tabletop game convention uh, in June. All three of those are here in Columbus, Ohio.
1: Um on and, and, and on that note Reed uh by chance are you going to be doing like a Metalopolis tour you know where you like have game photo you know game shots of the in the background while you're performing the album
8: That would be excellent but I no plans for
3: that Ah <laughs>
1: that's a bummer Uh Rob you had a question?
3: You actually were you answered, you asked it it was I did
2: gameplay yeah Oh okay <laughs> right. Well um you said that the, the gameplay for this was specifically designed for Cthulhu Drumped right? Mm -hmm. So how does it differentiate from, like, say, the D20 system?
7: It's a good question, too. Uh, So we wanted our system to be uh, extremely approachable, easy to pick up, uh, very narrative-focused. So uh, a great example that makes this system kind of stand apart, uh, the facilitator, what we call uh, the dungeon master in typical D&D fare, um, they never really have to roll dice. The dice are almost always in the hands of the player. The facilitator is just focused on figuring out what that outcome of that dice roll is going to be. They've got a lot of tools that help them kind of craft that storytelling aspect of it, Um, and that makes it super easy to pick up and play. Every play test that we've done, uh, most of the players don't even read the rules. They don't have to. It's super intuitive, and we really like that.
1: Hmm. I couldn't be a a facilitator. Every time somebody would roll the dice, I'd be like, "Uh uh-oh, (laughs) <laughs> they were like, "What?" And you're like, oh, uh, no, you'll, you'll see. <laughs> Just to mess with them. not that one. So uh, since you guys have crushed your uh, Kickstarter um, goal, um, does that mean that this game is probably is going to be more accessible to the general populace? Uh, as, as this is this something that we can look for in like uh, say our favorite game stores or anything like that?
7: Yeah, yeah, we're actually publishing uh, in partnership with a uh, company called Four Horsemen Press, um, and they're probably going to have us distributed not just to FLGS stores, uh, but also Barnes & Noble if we're lucky. Uh, so we just got to really make sure that everybody likes this game.
1: Okay, Eric in Whittier, California, um, longtime listener of the show, he would like to know uh, so, what is the dice tables to figure out on uh, how to play the action?
7: Great question. Uh, So the thing that makes uh, the the gameplay move forward super easily is you're pretty much always rolling D12. Um, We've got kind of a a difficulty rating um, that just goes from about 1 to 14 on average. Um, And if you roll and you don't hit whatever that target number is that you're trying to hit, you get to spend these resources that are your attribute points. In D&D, that would be stuff like strength, intelligence, charisma, in our game, it's not just a statistic. It's also a pool of points that you can spend from to help push your roll up onto those higher numbers if you rolled lower than you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you can narrify, narratively justify it, right? You can't really use strength uh, very easily to convince somebody to join your crew, mm-hmm. maybe unless you're intimidating them, right?
1: Okay. So you guys got... Uh, currently, Action Fiction has three games available. Uh, Monsters of murka Goblin Cave... And Cthulhu Drowned, which is still in its Kickstarter stage. Um, so, uh, uh, what uh, what does the future hold for action fiction? I mean, you guys are absolutely crushed this one. Uh, what are you looking for out of, or what will be next for, it, and will it be going to Kickstarter?
7: Great question. Well, Kickstarter's treated us really well, so everything that we do from now on is probably going to be going there, uh, either there or BackerKit, because uh, we've really liked working with BackerKit as well. Um, next for us, uh, we're trying to take it one day at a time. We want to finish Cthulhu Dreamt and get all the side adventures written and out there and everything. Um, and then afterwards we're going to see, uh, it might be fun to do a little expansion for Cthulhu Dreamt. That's kind of one of the things that we're tossing around right now that I would love to do. Hmm.
1: Um, I can actually see this as, uh, um, have you ever watched, uh, Love, Death and Robots?
4: Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So there is a one, uh, kind of a Cthulhu-like, uh, them. The one with the crab, where they're feeding the people to the crab. No, the other oh. one with the soldiers and the temple. Oh, okay. Yep. Of, um, so yeah. So I, I kind of got an envision of that, but I can see with the soundtrack after actually hearing the, uh, um, a, a trial in two parts. I did. You did send me another track too, but I, 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 I won't have time to play that one, unfortunately. Um, but. Um, I can see with the soundtrack and the action and the type of gameplay and all the illustrations that I've seen so far with this, I can see this as being a, in that vein, a CGI um, kind of a short story or a movie of some sort or, or a series. Um, is that yeah. something that has uh, crossed you guys' minds at all?
7: Hey, if you can get a hold of Netflix for us, I would love to make this happen, right? Uh, yeah, no, it's Love, Death, and Robots, uh, Black Mirror—huge inspirations for the storytelling. Of this series—that uh, would be like a dream come true to get to do something like that.
1: All right. Well, anybody out there listening that has connections, uh, you know, this looks like a good one. Go check it out at Action. Fiction.com. Um from there you can take a look at their their first three games monsters of murka goblin cave and the upcoming cthulhu dreamt um I, I you know what i wish you guys best of luck i'm glad that i'm happy that this endeavor has uh, been a, a good one for you guys and that it, i look forward to seeing more from action fiction
7: Awesome. Thanks
8: so much Thank for, having for having
1: us. And uh, good luck with the music career. And uh, definitely, I because I'm i a musician myself, so I, I know that's like trying to write music for trailers. <laughs> and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so are you in charge of the editing of the trailers as well, or does somebody else do that?
8: Uh, we had a, a video editor, but uh, the trailer for Cthulhu Dreamt, which is at the top of our Kickstarter, I did the music for that and the voiceover, the sound design.
1: Ah, Who did the editing for it?
8: uh david like uh, david granjo was our was our vfx artist who did that he's uh, from france
1: uh, okay so somebody else did it see here was my my biggest thing when i had to do trailers or do trailers as i'm like okay i'll write the music but you have to send me your final edit uh, because <laughs> y- y- you know what i mean reed
8: Oh yeah. There were a few edits on this one. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like and and then they're like, "Oh, the music, I that you put. I want to put this in here." And I'm like, "No, that'll change the whole the whole texture of it because <laughs> the, the the filmmakers, uh, it's hard to get them to understand that the music actually is the ebb and flow of emotion that goes to the scene. And so when you're trying to write it, it's like you have it a specific way. And if they alter that, you have to alter the music to go with it. And it just it just drives me up a wall sometimes. And yeah, not just removing yeah. a bar here or there. Yeah, yeah. And and they're like, Well, can you loop it? No. You can't loop it. What are you talking about? Loop it. <laughs> what are you, John mnemonic? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, Oh so you I, I feel your pain on that one, Reed. <laughs> 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 all right gentlemen if you want to go check it out again actioncomics.com. everything is right there including links to their social media i am following them on the facebook so as they post it will be posted in the pop culture kaboom news feed um gentlemen um i will be keeping a track of what you do um through the facebook so when you do um confirm your um appearances in ohio i will definitely be putting those on there um Oh, Eric in uh, Whittier, California has one more question for you uh, in regards to the uh, software that you use. Do you use Reason?
8: Oh, I am a logic person. A logic.
1: Oh. Yep. Okay. I'm a big bad Apple. <laughs> okay, I yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, I know what you guys spoke was English there, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a subgenre of English actually, yeah. <laughs> spoken by the band of called musician. Uh, that that clan um, so alright gentlemen uh, again thank you uh, very much and I uh, appreciate it and uh, best of luck with all of your adventures and your endeavors and uh, thank you for being on the show awesome, awesome. Thank
7: yeah you. thanks so much again for having
1: us no problem you all take care and we'll talk again hopefully real soon alright awesome alright so um, any question what do you think of uh, Cthulhu Dreamt what I think heard? I'm
2: going to have to go check this out because that, this sounds like it could be a lot of fun
1: because you're you're a Big into the tabletop. Oh, games. yeah. I love
2: like D&D and then like uh, zombies. Uh, we have we, There's this board game called Zombies where you basically, you know, you lay out a tile of, of a town per turn. And then you roll to see how many zombies are in that part of town. And there's a, an expansion that has a shopping mall. Well, yeah, the whole point is to get to a helicopter port that's, in this case, in, in the mall. Well, my sister n- realized she wasn't going to be able to win. So since it's a, it was an indoor mall she set fire her, she had her character set fire to the mall so that everybody died in the game. Wow.
1: Okay, <laughs> if, <laughs> if she I'm going couldn't down win, everybody's down. going down. Exactly. Dang. And it's
2: just stuff like that that's it's stuff like that in board games that makes it so that so unpredictable and so fun. That makes it I, why I love tabletop games.
1: All right. How about you uh Rob?
3: Oh yeah, no, I love tabletop games myself. I love cooperative games. And this kinda of um, has
1: this sci fi horror element. To yeah. It, and this and
3: especially like I like the fact that they're using their Kickstarter to kinda of gain ideas and and other characters and other things and expansions and I, I like that. Like, and the uh,
1: audience participation aspect yeah. of it.
3: No, I mean um, you know, I I don't know. Like I said, I love cooperative games. I think that they're so much better than just "oh, I win, you lose, haha, You know, <laughs> um, you know, kind of like unlike your sister, you know
2: where she is. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that game is usually cooperative <laughs> until <laughs> you get
1: somebody who's very vindictive, and vindictive, <laughs> and apparently has an arson tent. Um, right? You know, <laughs> but yeah, no, it. it seems
3: it seems interesting. I'm kind of. I, I didn't get a chance. I forgot to ask her. I didn't see when it was actually coming out.
1: Oh, so. uh, I still got it up. So let me see if I can find that info for you. It will be coming out. It looks like all uh, well, the campaign wraps up in four days. So if you still got four days, if you'd like to participate um, from everything that I see, it looks like uh, um, October 2024 is okay. a, kind of the uh, um, big time frame on that. Yep. October 2024. Um yeah. Oh, Eric was big into BattleTech. I think every, I I just liked the Battle Techs and I mean, because it was before um, video games got into doing mech combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was into BattleTech there for a while. I had all the schematics and all of that. Oh stuff yeah, yeah, those were that. cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were. Why Are you laughing at me, Ron? That Come on. just it's just I'm embracing debris. my geekdom, man. It's old <laughs> 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 all right, so a uh, Nintendo Game Boy game is returning this week with a new release across Game Boy, Nintendo Switch, PC. PS5 and PS4. Uh, unfortunately, if you're an Xbox One, Xbox S, Series S, and Xbox Series X, you're out of luck as there's no word of the Game Boy being released on Xbox consoles. Yeah. This could change something after launch, change sometime after launch, but it was going to change in time for launch, then the news would have presumably been shared already. In other words, don't expect to play the release on the Xbox on Xbox consoles this week, and there's no guarantee that will ever change. As for the mystery game, it's Trip World DX, an updated version of the 1992 Game Boy game, Trip World. This new version, this new release, isn't a remaster or a remake of the game, but essentially an enhanced port. What is that difference? <laughs> Anyway, the original developer of the game, Sunsoft, is involved in the development as is the original director, uh name I can't pronounce. It's unclear how much <laughs> of these two how much these two parties are actually involved though with the game as Limited as Limited Run Games is the one bringing it to market. According to Limited Run Games, it's prepared prepare proprietary carbon engine which was built specifically for retro game emulsion will give the game a more modern presentation bolstering this will be never before seen content a music player a remastered audio and arrangements original design documents cameo appearances designs appearance designs and video interviews as you can see in the trailer uh, the game is now in color as well however if you want to play the original black and white version you can do that as well in the classic trip world and on that note we will be right back with more pop culture boom radio show so don't go anywhere Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboomer Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in Pop Culture Entertainment. Ah, uh, so Retro Gamers rejoice. Speaking of limited run games, Limited Run Games has revealed they will be releasing multiple versions of the Jurassic Park Classic Games Collection. Multiple versions,
3: meaning multiple platforms or
1: Multiple versions. Uh, this this is Simply put, the ultimate tribute to the classic 90s titles that were created for the NES Game Boy and Super NES when you couldn't walk 10 feet without finding something with the uh, um, Jurassic Park logo slapped on the side of it. Is this
2: going to include the game that had Jeff Goldblum telling you to go touch grass after you you beat it? I don't
1: know. (laughs) You're getting every version of the two specific titles, Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park Part 2. The chaos continues. Will be we restored from their original version and made slightly better for modern consoles. Pre-orders began on September 1st for digital and physical editions. The latter of which will have three options: the standard edition, the classic edition, looking like a VHS box, or the prehistoric edition, edition with a ton of extras. Hmm. Extras. Extras. And Extras.
2: Yeah, I wonder if Jeff, the Jeff Goldblum stuff is going to be in one of
1: those. That would be funny. They'd need to put that on YouTube. Is there it platforms it's going to be on? No, it didn't. Hmm. Just uh, modern platforms. That's all I said about it. Hmm. So. Hmm. Well, it came out on the first, so let me look it up here in a second. Uh, the cost-cutting efforts continue for Disney as the House of Mouths canceled plans for yet another streaming series before it could get the chance to premiere. The company recently axed its adaptation of the Spiderwick Chronicles, despite the fact that the first season had already been filmed. Now a UK-based Disney Plus series is suffering the same fate. Nautilus, an original story of Captain Nemo from Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, is being given the boot to the head. According to a new report from Deadline, Disney has canceled Nautilus, even though the first season is already complete. Production on the series started in Australia early last year. Disney will be shopping the series to other companies, hoping it will be able to sell Nautilus to recoup and recoup some of the losses. Maybe if you just showed it, then you wouldn't have to recoup any losses. Meetings and screenings are reportedly already underway. Disney's cost-cutting measures are starting to mirror those of Warner Brothers Discovery, which shelved already completed projects as tax write-offs. Disney's live-action Batgirl movie was the highest-profile project to get canned. In addition to scaling back its original programming, Disney Plus is also going to be raising its price once again in the near future. The streaming service, which famously launched at a price point of $6.99 per month, is about to double in price per month beginning later this year. Hmm.
3: They're kind of forcing you to do the hulu disney plus bundle because that apparently is still going to be like on the cheaper side yeah and the
2: thing that's and the thing that's weird is that they're removing content so they're charging you more Mm -hmm. to get less
1: uh speaking of charging you more to get less eric's bringing it up right now i thought it was just local to us but if you have spectrum Mm -hmm. uh disney uh they're they're having a contract dispute i guess with spectrum and a yanked all of their channels, yep. even the local news
3: channels, not mm-hmm. just like the ESPNs and stuff, but even huh. like yeah, like, lo- even yeah, like local ABC ABC's you know. gone. Yeah. Wow,
1: yeah. FX gone. Um, yeah, so it's like, <sighs> wow, there's really a whole irritating. lot of scorched
2: earth going on in the entertainment industry right yes, now. Yes,
1: there is. So the last time we checked in on FX and Noah Haw- Hawley's uh, upcoming series take on the Alien franchise, production was underway, utilizing actors who were. Equity members, but because of the ongoing sag after a strike, now Deadline Hollywood is reporting that the Thailand filming has been suspended until after the AMPTP. Yes, sir. What movie you uh, you feel to mention? Uh, the Alien franchise. Um, oh, the series. Alien franchise. Series. Yeah, the Alien okay. series. Yeah, just,
2: they, they, I don't think it has an official title yet.
1: No, it's just called Alien something something. Okay. <laughs> Dark side. Alien. Um, <laughs> AMPTP <laughs> a- a- T- strikes as uh, strikes a respect a respectful deal with the U.S. union, with the cast sent home, but production work still underway for when filming resumes. In addition, we're learning that Kit Young, and has also joined the cast. Sydney Chandler ha- was officially confirmed for the female lead role, with Alex Lothar reportedly cast as the male lead. In addition, it was reported that Samuel. Blinken, had joined the cast in the role of Boy Cavalier, a CEO, Essie Davis, as Dame Silva, Sevilla, and Adrish Groov as Slightly. Okay, they're throwing out character names that nobody has an idea what they are. That's cool. interesting. So the most wonderful time of the year is nearly upon us. Halloween. That's right. (laughs) It's the
3: official start of Halloween. It's September. With Halloween (laughs) season
1: just around the corner, Peacock unveiled an impressive lineup today of more than 100 Halloween horror, thriller, and spooky season titles hitting the platform this September uh, we're, wh- whether you're looking for recent releases like Hypnotic or cult gems like Slither, <laughs> Slither, I love Peacock invites you to face your fears in September, binge complete freakish franchises like Chucky, Saw, and Amy DeVille, except you won't see Saw the musical, you won't see that one, <laughs> or tune in for fun family fair that includes Ghostbusters and Casper. That would be a crossover I'd want to see actually. Look for Ghost a variety Buster versus Casper. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually Dan Aykroyd
2: yeah. was in the Casper movie as Ray Stance. Really?
1: Mm hmm. Oh,
2: see how yeah, I... you he had a cameo.
1: Okay. He basically oh. said, Who are you gonna call?
2: Someone else
1: as he was running out of the mansion. Wow. <laughs> um Eric says most of those characters are based off of the game of aliens. So that's cool. Oh, oh. okay. Um but anyway, yeah, it'd be like uh, no a real Ghostbusters. Yeah. And Casper movie. Yeah. Uh, It'd be uh, like that Godzilla versus Bambi. It'd just be over like that. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah,
2: but actually, I am looking forward to that. The, 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 all the, the horror movies coming up. Because I have a 14-year-old daughter I need to corrupt and, and watch, get her to watch more horror movies.
1: We need to get you to watch more horror movies, actually. Oh, <laughs>
2: well, yeah, but, yeah, good ones.
1: Oh. Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> uh, look for a variety of classic horror to arrive on the streaming service mid-September. Speaking of, Chucky, if you're looking to catch up on the series ahead of season three, pick Peacock brings Chucky season two to their Halloween HQ on September fourth. Mm-hmm. That gives you a whole month to catch up before the October fourth premiere of Chucky season three. Yeah, I was wondering when the second season was on. Oh, <laughs> the second or the third? The second. Oh, September fourth. Yeah. So t- That's I, don't have I
3: don't have USA. So I can't. hey, tomorrow's Labor Day too. Well,
1: uh, I'm, I'm, hold on. So, I'm trying to think if USA. I think he. Okay, USA wasn't affected by the Disney no, yanking it no, off no, no, of no. Spectrum okay. Director Denise v- N- v- v- Villeneuve. Yeah, that's it. Has reflected on future plans for the Dune universe after the release of Dune Part 2. After the triumph of 2021's Dune and ahead of the arrival of the eagerly awaited Dune Part 2, the acclaimed director has opened up about the aspirations to bring more of Frank Herbert's universe to the silver screen. In an interview with Empire Magazine, the filmmaker hinted that the possibility of a third installment in his epic Dune adaptation saga is not completely out of the question. If further developments take place, the potential project would be based on Dune Messiah.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, there's plenty of books to pull from.
1: But he's pulling from that one specifically
2: oh that is the next one in the series herbert's direct
1: sequel to the original novel discussing the potential storyline the villain
2: venue (laughs) yeah noted
1: that dune messiah was written in reaction to the fact that people perceive paul atreides as a hero which is not what he wanted to do my adaptation is closer to his idea that it's actually a warning, citing a decline in quality of the subsequent novels. He clarified that if Dune Part Three does happen, it will surely defend, it will surely definitively mark the end of his intended trilogy. He said after the books became more esoch- esetric- Esoteric. Esoteric. I will say there are words on the paper uh, uh, like this. Uh, Doom Part 2 co-writer John Shflat had also mentioned in March 2022 that Villain... Villain venue. ...had planned for a third film as well as a television spin-off series. Mm-hmm. While the filmmaker's vision is exciting, its realization hangs into balance depending on the box office reception of Doom Part 2, as well as the production company Warner Brothers Pictures Beyond the Big Screen plans for an HBO Max series, Dune the Sisterhood, also remains uncertain, while an announcement of a prequel series centering on the Bene Gesserit. The only reason why I can say these names is because I've watched way too much Dune. Initially sparked excitement, the series has encountered production hurdles. What hasn't? Which production hasn't (laughs) encountered? Uh, encountered hurdles recently with frequent changes in the cast and crew, despite villain uh, and spayette's sp- 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 persistent assurance that the series is still happening. With director John Rennick's involvement, the project faced setbacks while with Rennick leaving the project earlier this year, prompting a production hiatus. The path of the potential third film is not very different for, from Dune Part Two itself, which was not confirmed by the studio beforehand, despite the story being split across two separate films. Due to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic or cinema, a disappointing box office of a Dune could have resulted in the cancellation of the sequel. However, Warner Brothers had assured Villeneuve yeah. <laughs> uh, that the sequel would be greenlit even if the first film performed well on hbo max eventually the film became a success grossing over 402 million against its 165 million budget as the <laughs> so Dune saga continues to unfold. Fans are already getting eager to see the thought-provoking narrative of Dune Messiah brought to life and the director getting a well-deserved trilogy. The director's commitment to Herbert Herbert's vision and his own interpretation of the source material further adds to the cinematic experience that is both visually stunning and and narrative narratively striking however fans will have to wait a little longer for the as the ongoing sag after strike has caused a delay in the sequels release by four months dune part two Two is set to release in theaters on march 15th 2024 at least currently
3: well apparent from what i've heard too the rumors are is that this one actually is supposed to be going towards that he's not a hero (laughs)
2: Oh <laughs> well, yeah, he's suppo- he's supposed to be kind of a warning about human evolution or something. I, I yeah, can't so remember they're, exactly, they're, yeah, so they're
3: they're from what I understand they're taking that tone. I differently. would think the
1: spice navigators w- so that-
2: w- would be a warning to human
1: evolution. <laughs>
3: well, but- I think I think it's also cheesy that the Messiah makes more sense in the theater going
1: mind. You yeah, know? yeah,
2: because uh, because the '80s version of Dune they they, they really presented the concept of the Quis Haderach as a mm-hmm. as a savior. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. In other words, that. That that novel or that universe is uh, Jesus, basically. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Terrifier 2 will be making audiences puke in the aisles again. The breakout mm-hmm. horror hit from 2022 will return to theaters on November 8th with special surprises included in the screening. You know what they should do? They should bring back, especially if they're doing, like, little specialty small screenings like this of movies like this. Mm-hmm. Remember, I, well, you wouldn't remember because none of us were alive back then, but they used to do the into the theaters with little, like, um surprise things like the movie the shocker They'd oh yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah like tingler or they yeah would make uh-huh. it so the seats would go and yeah, stuff like and buzz that. You yeah and stuff yeah uh so well yeah, there the, is
3: that there it was so there are those 4x the, uh, theaters 4x yeah mm-hmm. like
2: they're like 4d where they're where yeah. like if you're in a like a like avatar i think did them so you yeah, had you, like you, fe- you feel theaters. water splash on yeah. yeah water like mist on you when they're going through like, oh, like i don't want stuff
1: splashing on me that's kind of disgusting <laughs> it's I don't know if you've ever
3: been to a Bug's Life at Disneyland it's like that.
1: Ew, no I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> when you say stuff flashing in your face in a Bug's Life all I can think of is like being on a motorcycle without a helmet. Quite honestly. So, you know, getting pucks oh, in your I'm teeth. Sure so. I'm,
2: sure I'm sure you won't get anything in your teeth at the movie theater outside of popcorn. I fridge. would hope
1: not. All right. So Warner Brothers pictures and legendary pictures are bringing the MonsterVerse back to the big screen with the upcoming Godzilla X Kong, the new empire, which had originally been scheduled for the theatrical release on March 15th, 2024. That date, however, has changed. Godzilla X Kong will now release in theaters on April 12th, 2024. I don't know what you, what's going on. Okay.
3: Nothing. Yeah, no. T- okay. I'm trying to figure
1: out. All right. Keep going. Just keep going. Oh, I see what <laughs> uh, what's going on now. All right. So, without the music, but I do got to do this. Thank you all for tuning in tonight, no matter where you are listening. We genuinely appreciate you being here. We hope you enjoyed the Pop Cold Boom radio show. A big thank you to our guest, COO of Action Fiction, Jaron Johnson, and composer Reed Reimer from Action Fiction Games. If you would like to be a part of the Action Fiction Games Cthulhu Dream Kickstarter kick Uh, Check out their shop, their games, and check out their social media links. Visit their website, actionfiction.com. Thank you to comic book creator, writer, owner of Coffee Time Comics, John Crathy. It's uh, not too late to be a part of the home-free comic book Kickstarter and get your hands on all four issues. You can see more of what John Crathy is doing uh, through the link tree. Backslash Coffee Time Comics, which also has links to his website, johncrathy.com. That has a special bonus for you if you sign up for the newsletter, as well as links to the social media. There it is. (laughs) <laughs> with all guests on the Pop Culture Boom radio show. Pop Culture Boom follows or likes them on the Facebook so that when they post news it is reposted to the Pop Culture Boom news feed. Next Sunday next week Sunday September 10th our special guest will be the author of over 50 paranormal horror biographic and historical novels of fiction and nonfiction alike. Mr. Stephen H. Provo will be talking with Stephen H. Provo about his extensive career in writing photography, self-publishing and the latest project Aces of Northern Nevada. And on online corporate, cooperative bookshop hub for Northern Nevada writers. Oh. Uh, if you are an author in the Nevada, Northern Nevada area, check out Aces of Northern Nevada on Facebook at their and at their website, acesofnorthernnevada.com. All one word. Thank you for your support, and please continue supporting Pop Culture Kaboom by listening to the Pop Culture Boom radio show and the Pop Culture Boom podcast produced by 97 and Now Productions. And not only get this episode... 30 seconds. Got it. All right. On behalf of our guests, KNBC, Spencer, Rob, and I, thank you, for and have a safe Labor Day and a great week. We will talk with you right here again live next Sunday, 6 to 9 p.m. Until then, be safe, stay healthy, and peace out, Wabbits.